It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. What is up, y'all? Happy weekend. Morgan here, and this is the best bits of the week. If you haven't listened before, what I do is count down the best segments from the show this week, but that's not even the best part of this, okay? Because most of y'all have already heard that. My favorite part is bringing somebody on from the show, and we just kind of have a fun conversation for an hour, maybe longer than an hour. You never know what's going to happen on this. And this weekend, I have on Scuba Steve with me. What's up? So I just heard that I'm the best part of your show. <laughs> is that what you just heard? That's how I formulated okay, that. Okay, so my guest. I'm just is, kidding, I know. Yes, is the best part of my show. For sure. Oh, well, for sure. Most of these people that are listening are listening for this totally. content, right? Yeah, this is the, the new scenes. content. The rest of it, they're like, well, I've already heard that this week. Yeah. For the most part, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. But we got a lot to talk about. Are you ready? Uh, like a yeah. lot. I have a lot of questions. We just got a lot of things to discuss. It's been a fun week on the show. So, yeah, I, I say we just get going. Let's do it. And you are a good part of this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First up, you know, we heard on the show this week, Bobby and Eddie, they had this whole bet on a Rolling Stones concert. Eddie swore that Bobby went with him. Bobby's like, I've never seen the Rolling Stones. It was a whole situation, right? There was a bet. And now Eddie has to be cuddled in studio because of it, potentially. You, these bets go off the walls sometimes. But I want to talk about right now. I don't know that I could never, like, in Bobby's situation, say he ended up being with Eddie at the Rolling Stones mm-hmm. concert, right? Yeah. I don't think I could ever attend a concert and not remember it. Like, I know if I have seen an artist, right? Yeah, I guess. but I guess if you've seen so many, you may not remember it until someone jogs your memory. Like, oh, yeah, I did see that. I can't remember every concert I've been to. Well, so so then a question for you, okay. because that kind of means that it's not memorable, right? It, nothing about it kind of stuck out in your mind. Well, some concerts you go to because you're invited because we work yeah. in the industry. Like when I was living in Los Angeles, we get invited to the album release parties yes. constantly. And those are basically almost on the same block of the iHeart office in Burbank. And that's where they film most of the album release parties for all different genres and we would get invites probably twice a week before covid and so i've probably been to maybe 50 of those and i can't remember i remember a lot of them like i remember lincoln park that was one you can't rem- you can't forget that but that's one. what i'm saying like yeah. these are me- there's memorable concerts for a reason yeah so we're gonna talk about two things okay what's a what's some concerts that like weren't memorable for you you're like cool i could forget that and it'd be fine and what's like your best memory concerts where you're like, I will never forget this. Okay. There's uh, two spectrums. Yeah. I think I'll start with the best cause I had to, I had to kind of contemplate on the worst, but I think some of the best for me going back to Lincoln park, it was probably two weeks before he committed suicide. So, and the moment I didn't realize it was a big deal, but I was really excited to see him cause I had never seen Lincoln park do a set except for I went to the billboard awards years before they did one song and they were out. But this was the first time I got to see, and I love Lincoln park. I grew up on them. I have all their albums, listened to them front to back. The first time Chester was right there in front of me singing all the songs that I grew up listening to as a kid driving around my crappy ass Jeep. <laughs> and then like the hey, early two thousands. Don't talk about Jeeps that way. <laughs> no, Jeeps are great, but my Jeep was a piece of crap. Fair, fair. <laughs> but like, I just remember the, as it's like music, it connects to memory. So I just, as I hear, the songs it just reminds me of the memories of growing up and hearing these just hearing the music so for me Linkin Park was probably what my greatest show ever and it was free and it was an album release party and it was such a cool moment for me and my wife who was there watching it with me and I invited one of my friends to come and he turned it down and then Chester passed away two weeks later and he's like I should have went Hey, if that's not your sign to always say yes to fun things to happen in your life 
always say yes. That's that sign. Especially when they're free. Like yeah. He had to spend no money out of his pocket. And we literally had to walk from our, our office down the block right to the studio. It would have been the easiest, best concert ever. Mm-hmm. But he said no. And that's exactly what he said after that was, I should say yes to everything moving forward. I think everybody kind of has that life moment where something happens. Like, I should have been there. I could have been there. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, moving forward, I'm never saying no to this, this, and this, right? Yes, 100%. You have to, because that's how you experience more things in life. If you don't, I mean, maybe you just need to force yourself to have that happen in your life. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be stuck at home all the time and just as a hermit crab and never experiencing yes. things. Whether they go good or bad, even when they go bad, they're still good in, in a way. Like, my one of my... I'd say my second best concert was good, but it also was bad. I went to see Jay-Z and Beyonce at AT&T Park in San Francisco, which epic is that alone is epic. But seeing the performance at a baseball field like that with the backdrop of San Francisco in the Bay was <laughs> so amazing. And to see Jay-Z and Beyonce going back and forth because it'd be Jay-Z and then Beyonce would come out and it'd be Jay-Z. And it was it was that tour that happened I think, in 2012. I don't know if it came to Nashville or this area. I saw Beyonce at Titan Stadium, okay. but I haven't. Jay-Z wasn't there, so okay. it was just Bay. Gotcha. Which, Which is still is pretty incredible, though. Yes. Yeah, that, that alone is amazing. But when you get both, it's like, it's, yeah. I I, dare I say, Jesus and, and Mary or whatever it is. The, I probably no, shouldn't say that. No, I mean, yeah. I mean look, hey, yeah, if that's yeah, yeah. how you feel, that's how yeah. you feel. <laughs> and, it, and it should. Like, some people... F- Artists and their work is very legendary to people. And those two are iconic for a lot of people, controversial for some people, but iconic for others. So very iconic. And it was free. Again, it was a work concert. I got to go for free. But that was the same week that I had. uh, I didn't realize it, but I broke my right foot, the fifth metatarsal. And I was at a, a house party the weekend before. Got a little tipsy, did some battle dancing and rolled on my foot. And I thought I would just bruised it. And I walked on it for an entire week. And during that week was a Jay-Z and Beyonce concert. And I walked all the way from our station to the to the field, which is a good three or four mile hike. Were you hike. not in pain? I was in a ton of pain, but I masked it with drinking. And just I, my pain tolerance is extremely high. And I walked on it, walked on it, did the whole concert, walked up and down stadium stairs. And the next morning I was like, I think this is more than just a bruised foot. Fast forward, went to the doctor. She goes, yeah, you you split your fifth metatarsal. How the hell were you walking on that? That would be excruciating pain for most people. <laughs> and I immediately had to get rushed into surgery and get it, you know, pinned back together. I mean, this gives me an idea that I feel like we should do some pain things with you on the show. Like <laughs> you get hit by things and we see if you feel it. You know I what feel I mean? nothing. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, cause that's crazy. Like broken, walking on something that's broken is superhero capabilities right there is what that is. Yeah. Major adrenaline type scenario. I'd say those are probably the best two concerts um, give me a moment to think about the worst. What would be your best okay. concerts? I would say at least top two or top three. Yeah. I mean, so Shania still sticks in my brain from when I was, gosh, six, seven years old because I uh, touched her hand. I remember oh, seeing her. her hand? Yes. It was like one of those moments where you're like front row kind of thing. So we were like on the floor. We weren't front row, but she moved out into the crowd, right? Country artists are really good about moving out into the crowd for the most part. Okay. And Shania, it was my first concert. I loved her. She was in her leopard suit that everybody knows oh, yeah, iconic. and um she walked down she grabbed my hand and i will never forget that i don't remember the concert itself but i remember that moment and it being my first one so definitely that is on the list that's right? an awesome first concert yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah epic um and then the other one that tops my list is bruno mars okay i gotta see him in nashville which i paid way too much money for I, because when you're in country genre, it's really hard to get pop genre like tickets, right? Course, yep. Unless like there's some connection and everybody wanted to go to Bruno. So oh, there's yeah. no open tickets to Bruno. 
Um, so I paid a ridiculous amount of money for, okay. for this concert. <laughs> It's so worth it. Like I, I have loved Bruno forever, and I, it, which is funny. I don't really listen to his music that often. Like you know, when you have a favorite artist and you listen to their stuff on repeat. Yeah. I don't really do that with Bruno. I just love him. Like as a human, as a person, everything that he encompasses is like a great, just a great human being. He's a great show. I saw that exact same tour. It was probably the same one you went to, like in twenty thirteen, fourteen. He did a tour, and mm-hmm. it's like watching a modern day Michael Jackson. Yes, he's able to play instruments. He can dance. He can sing. He puts on an inc- well, probably the best show. I think I would put in my top three. He's probably yes. number two or number three. Like he's amazing. Well, and you don't expect it, right? Because yeah. you're like moving that way is is so unheard of, right? Having those dance moves, having that ability to connect with people while dancing, while doing all of these different things on stage is yeah legendary, right? Oh, yeah. That's a, a skill most people do not have. Even if they're an artist, artists are really good at standing. Yeah. But um, not Bruno. Yeah. Bruno is. He's like a modern day. um, What did you call him? He's a savant. That's what I would call him. A savant. What's a savant? Um, (laughs) I just heard my wife say. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, now I'm using words I don't know. Well, in in context, I've heard her say it when somebody is amazing or can do multiple things or whatever. Well, that's not. Oh, here we go. Here we go. A person affected with a developmental disorder oh. who <laughs> exhibits exceptional skill or brilliance in some limited field. Okay, so this would be him. He's a savant for music and performing, right? In a way, <laughs> I think it kind of um, connects to a disorder, though. So he, okay. So. Maybe he has a disorder. <laughs> Maybe. We do not know. Oh, we no, don't know Bruno. But... <laughs> But, but who was the artist? Was it Michael Jackson that you said? Or Michael, yeah, he's like yeah. a Michael Jackson with his dance moves and his ability to do what he can do. Yes, like I feel like if you combined Prince and Michael Jackson, that's who Bruno is. Yes, that's a great comparison. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was making sure you didn't say Prince, but like those yeah. two combined is like Bruno concert. Yes. So he's definitely up there. Those two are like my top, very hard to beat concerts. Garth is always great. Keith Urban puts on a great show. Yeah. A lot of memorable ones, but those are definitely top tier okay. for me. Like, hmm, I have a very controversial, not memorable one, though. Okay, who would that be? Chris Stapleton. Really? It wasn't good? No, so here's the thing. Great performer, great voice. He is as, you know, iconic in how he performs as everybody says, right? Yeah. But I am so used to concerts that are so upbeat and such a party. You're going to have a great time. Yeah. And Chris... I was not prepared going into the concert that he was just going to kind of sit there on a stool and sing the whole time. Okay. So I was kind of like, oh, not what I was expecting. No razzle dazzle, no yes. fun. Yes. But, like, granted, that's who Chris Stapleton is. He doesn't yeah. do that. That's not who he is. He he's, drums his guitar and he sings, and you're amazed by his singing. Yeah. So it's kind of cr- controversial in saying that. Like, yeah. it's just not for me, but his music I enjoy. I like listening to. Concert, it's not for me. Yeah. So he performed live. He did well, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like. You didn't get any like sparks or anything yeah. fun. Like we saw, we saw Alan Jackson. Who he's, was great. He's amazing, but the same kind of thing. He kind of hobbles up there and sits in a stool and performs, but he has a lot of things going on in the background. He's got visuals. And he was throwing out t-shirts. Throwing out t-shirts. <laughs> like, oh my God, it was so cool. It's like being at a sporting event. He has like a t-shirt cannon. Yeah. <laughs> was he's like, let cool. me just keep throwing. He threw him the whole time too. Yeah. I wanted to catch one, but it, it didn't happen for us. But yeah, yeah. Too far out for, for Alan. But yeah. 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 So it, okay. it just was. It wasn't disappointing in his talent, but it was disappointing in the presentation, I guess okay. you could say. I can understand that. But I know that. that's controversial because he's so legendary and he's so good. So yeah. please don't take it as I don't <laughs> think he's good. It's just not for me. And you learn as you go to a lot of concerts what 
you're like, okay, I'm going to go spend six hours doing this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're taking time out of your day and most people are spending money on it. It's like you're almost better listening to the album in your car than going to the show. Yes. For some people. And let, you know, that's totally fine. Don't troll me online. Well, his show's been canceled twice now or postponed twice. Yeah, because his voice. His voice. And I hope that gets better. I hope that's not a actual issue happening. He's just kind of sick right now. Yeah. And it could be his voice because they've been singing a lot more than normal Mm -hmm. doing tours and stuff. But I would say my, I just thought about it. My worst concert ever was, I think it was like 2005, 2006 in Orlando at UCF Arena. And it was a bunch of different bands, but the one that stood out for me was Panic at the Disco. And I think it As was stand out for worst, for worst performance okay. ever. All right. And I, and I, and I realize this now being in the music industry, some people are great in the studio because they're heavily produced and some are just, and it means, and they're not great on tour, but some can do both or sometimes they're even better live than they are recorded. Panic at the Disco, it may have been a bad night or it could have been that they were in that point where they were breaking up because I know they had uh, another guy in the band that ended up leaving the band relatively close to that time frame. And so may, there may have been some band issues and they just weren't feeling it. But it was a packed arena in Orlando and Panic at the Disco came out. And you know how Brendan Urie, the lead singer, will have these like really like monstrous high notes. Yes. And then he'll hold them for a period of time. Well, all of his high notes ended in a woo. So he'd be like, oh. so he'd be like, dun, 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 dun. instead of being like, he go dun, dun, woo, and you're like, and then it happened so once. It wasn't there. Yeah. So it happened once, and you're like, all right, maybe maybe messed up or something. And the next one, he went to a high note that would be held for a good ten seconds, and he'd be like, dun, 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 woo. And I was like, is he wooing after all of his high notes? And it kept happening over and over and over. And I was like, F this, this is terrible. And he was the headlining act. That was the big show that everyone was, the big act everyone was there for. And it was God awful. Dang, that's a bummer because their music is like, it's such a big part of pop culture on that kind of alternative pop rock side, right? And it crossed over into top 42. Yeah. Especially uh, recently. And it could have been, I I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Could have been a bad day. The band was having an argument. His voice could have been shot. I don't know. But man, it was it was an awful live performance. When you, you feel for them, right? Because if they ever give off a bad impression, it's really hard for people to get them to spend their money again to go back, right? Yes. Like so they almost they have to be on all the time. Which yeah. has to be hard. Oh yeah. Every night going into all these places and you just hope that you're not gonna mess up in some way that makes somebody across the board because I'm sure you're not the only one that was in the audience like okay this is a little off. <laughs> yeah. You know what I couldn't I mean? be the only one. Yeah. I mean it, I, and there were people there probably looking at me like what it, is this what's happening? And it just kept occurring over and over of, of woos. And I was like, what is going on? This is awful. And <sighs> ever since then, I've never made it a point to go see him live. Yeah. But the recorded albums are amazing. You listen to them in the car, on the radio or whatever. It's freaking phenomenal. It's, they're, beautiful, they're great songs. Well, at least neither of us have a bad experience that like the, the person was not kind, right? So at yes. least they're not bad humans. We're just having some different experiences. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anyone that wasn't kind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was at a, at a show one time back in Kansas um, when Casey yelled at people in the crowd. Casey Musgraves. Casey Musgraves, oh yeah. Which is kind of who she is. Like totally. she's done that before. That's not uncommon. Well, even on online, she was really pissed about being snubbed at the Grammys mm-hmm. for this album not being country. But her previous album wasn't country either, but won Grammys for the country category. So that's, I mean, I know that was a big issue. And she was going in on mm-hmm. on Instagram, tagging all these country artists that she worked with. She's big on voicing her her opinion, and she, she should. should right? yeah, she like, should. She totally should come out there and say it. And it was it was at a concert. There, I mean, a country concert is hard, right? You have a lot of people that are getting belligerent. That's just kind of the crowd. Yeah. People go, they have a little too many beers and they're getting a little wild. Yeah. Some people can handle that well, others can't. 
well, there was a lot of others that can't in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. um, and my sister and I went together and we were sober. I mean, we were younger at the time, maybe like 18. And she went off on the people that were belligerent, like making them leave. It was, it was a whole thing. And I, and I was sitting there and I was like, what, what's happening? Because I didn't know what was happening. I've never yeah. seen that happen at a concert before. Right. But then I was like, oh, well, it's a lot more enjoyable now because nobody's pushing each other. There's not a fight in the crowd and <laughs> whatever. So she like saved the crowd. Yeah. But it was an interesting thing to experience for like my first time in a concert. Oh, yeah. To see that, especially you're 18, you're young and you're completely sober. So and you're just probably, like, why? What's happening? Yeah. Maybe a little scary, too, if you're seeing it happen around you. When it wasn't like in a big arena, right? This was okay. in a intimate venue. Uh, oh, OK. It, it's called the um, gosh, I'm combining two words, which is what I like to do. So that's not what it's called <laughs> in this moment. Um, but it, it's this, it's a smaller venue in Wichita. And so it wasn't like she was at arena and yelling at like the middle crowd in front of her. Like this was, you were all a part of the same crowd, right? Yeah. Like there's maybe 500 people in there. Oh my gosh. Okay. And so like, you're seeing it all happening. It's very intimate. So it was a very interesting moment of like my concert going experience. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I'd be able to handle that at a young age. You're like, what is happening right now? Which, by the way, too, you totally, you know when you hide things in your memory bank that, like, you don't want to associate with, so you forget it? Oh, yeah. It's like uh, dissociative awareness or whatever. Uh-huh. You brought up Brandon Urie. Yes, yeah. Lead Am singer I saying Pan- that right? Yeah, Brandon Urie, Panic at the Disco. I remember now, I have been catfished in my life. By a fake Brandon Yeri? Yes. So this was way back when AOL messaging was a thing. AIM. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this guy online had me convinced he was Brandon Yuri. And I I mean, gosh, when that was happening, I was in middle school, right? Okay. Like I'm on AIM. I get a message and I'm like, what is happening? Brandon Yuri's messaging me and he's yeah. sending me pictures like of himself. Nothing NSFW, thankfully. <laughs> At least again, not that I can remember. Yeah. Um, but and he's convincing me because at the time there wasn't all of the ways to check somebody. You're just assuming everybody's normal. That was the first part of the Internet we were exploring. Right. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how it even broke down because I have I have hidden this away because I was so like I think I was really hurt when it happened. Uh-huh. When he like finally like revealed that it wasn't him. It was like a breakup for you. Yeah. Well, I was a gosh, how old are you in middle school? Like 10, 12? Like, yeah, 10, 11, 12, at the most 13. Yeah. Imagine a young girl who's like who for me at the time Brandon Yuri was this epic person because I was in my alternative phase, right? Yeah. Like that's all I was listening to. And so he was like messaging me all the time. We'd have great conversation. I'm like, who is this? And then finally one day it like revealed. And yeah, I think I cried for a few days. Was it like a 40 year old guy from Minnesota? Yeah. He was like, Oh, and and I still don't know how it ended up breaking down, but he was like, Oh, like that, you know, that's not actually me. Like, you know, we're getting really close and I would love to meet it. And it finally like came out. Okay. Right. He wasn't like 40, but I think he was like in his twenties. Okay. And I'm like, and I'm, I was never dishonest. I was like, I'm in middle school. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) it's really cool. I'm your fan. You know what I mean? But I'm like, he's giving me attention. Totally. So it was a weird, wow. Like you just brought up that story about him and that just like came out of nowhere that I had totally like shut away somewhere. As it was happening, were you, cause I imagine this happened for weeks or a month or so. Oh yeah. I mean, cause it was all on AIM, right? There's no FaceTime. There's no way to verify anything. All text. Did you mm-hmm. like go to school being like telling your friends, Hey, I'm talking to Brandon Yuri. I think I maybe told one girlfriend, but okay. I was like kind of 
and two, like it was a time when like you're not supposed to be talking to strangers, right? Oh, yeah, like, not at all. Yeah, stranger danger all the way. Yeah, and I was young, so no, I kept it to myself because I didn't <laughs> want to get kicked off AIM. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, that's a bad memory. <laughs> not a good one. Oh yeah, AIM was the. It was just like it was good and bad. It was fun because it was a new avenue to communicate, but it was also scary in that sense where you mm-hmm. never knew who you were talking to unless it was your friend. You knew for sure. Okay, I'm talking to this person, but people could intercept in there all the time. You get. You know, if no one remembers this or weren't a part of that era, you just get messages popping up and you'd accept it. And it could be anybody or you're in chat rooms and people would then like hit you up and you'd be like 14 slash M slash Florida slash pick question mark. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> huh? 14 male Florida pick. Oh, man. Yeah. Were you ever catfished? Um, I think I was. Yeah, I think I was. But it, this was a dark one. So I don't know if it's <laughs> Steve. <laughs> we stay on a level playing field. You can get a little dark, but not super dark. I'll, I'll take it. I'll tiptoe to the part where it gets really dark. So I was ta- I was at my dad's house and my mom did not allow. This was when my parents were going through a divorce. And my dad lived in Melbourne, which is about an hour from Orlando. We'd spend, I think, once a month at his house. And when we went to his house, there was no rules. My mom's house, like everything was on lockdown. So we're at dad's house. We have to do whatever we want. So at 11, 12, you know, you're doing whatever you want. And so I would go down to his to his office and get on his computer and get on his instant messenger and <laughs> chat rooms. And it would pass the time. And sometimes it was just like trolling people or talking to your friends or just looking up things because you can online. And then every once in a while you would chat with people. And then I remember this one girl was chatting with me for a minute and it was like, you know, like not attachment or anything but you talk to them it's just conversation and it's a it's a it's a whole new world that you're not experienced yeah to. before you talk to somebody it'd either be in person or you have their phone number and you would call them that was it or you wrote them a letter but even then no one really wrote letters so this was a fun way to communicate to somebody and i'm 11 12 and i'm curious yeah, and you're, you're <laughs> newly learning your emotions right yes, exactly yeah. yes mm-hmm. and you're learning your emotions in the sense of your attraction towards other people yeah, are <laughs> growing up in a way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I remember talking to this girl for a while and it'd only be like every two weeks or so. Cause that's only when I would be able to go online to talk to her or so I thought it was her <laughs> <laughs> on instant messenger. Are you about to tell me it's some oral old man chilling in his mom's basement? That's probably what it was, but it never got to that point because, um, I would talk to her and then it got to the point where it started getting weird and she was saying she'd save herself for me. Oh, and then she, and then she was sending me like naked pictures of her. And then oh, Nick, so yours did get NSFW. So mine got NSFW real quick. <laughs> but at 11, 12, Steve, I was like, hell yeah. Be honest right now. Did you <laughs> okay. ever send anything back? I never sent anything back. No, <laughs> I, I was the one that was the one thing that I was very, uh, I was smart about was never sending photos of myself. Uh, clothed or not clothed. Okay, and good. Plus, I didn't have a way to do it anyways, so I don't know if I would have done it if I had if I had an option. Mm. But it wasn't like you could pull your phone up and take a picture and send it really quick. Yeah. Like to send a photo online, you had to do some work. Yeah. You had to have a way to take it one, and then so if this you took girl was it, working for you. Oh, working or for you me. Thought. Or a guy, and then I was getting like naked pictures of her constantly, and pictures of naked pictures of her and her friend. And then, and then she was like talking about how how she wants to marry me and all that stuff. And then it got to the point where it started getting creepy, and I was getting creeped out. So then I would not want to talk to her anymore. And then, because I'm 12, I'm like, and you're I'm, like, what is happening? Yeah, I don't want to have sex. I'm scared. Like, I barely, <laughs> like I'm, I'm I'm 11, 12. I barely wanted to hold my girlfriend's hand in middle school, let alone have sex with somebody. Yeah. So like, it was just getting weird and creepy and scary. And then I started to back away. And then and then they, and then that person, whoever it was, would would you know reach out to me and then go away, and then reach out to me and then go away. And then I just never got an ending to it. It just ended there. So if you're listening right now. No. <laughs> it is likely a very good thing that this yeah. ended. So I have some theories. I don't want to get into them because they're kind of dark. But but <laughs> but it was 
just like it was weird. It was fun, but it was weird. And I just backed away real quick. Dang. So I'm really glad we had similar experiences because we both totally got catfished when we were younger. Oh, for sure I got catfished, when, yeah. When we were exploring the internet as young children. But yours was cooler. Brendan Yuri, like, that's awesome. Okay, but even more reason why I shouldn't have believed him, <laughs> right? Oh, totally, yeah. Now we look at it back in hindsight, you're like, ugh, I should never have believed that. Yeah. Brendan Yuri would reach out to me randomly. Yeah, like, I see it all the time on social media now. Like, I'm an idiot. I literally totally. forecasted my own future that... To, to prove to myself that that wasn't physically possible. But we didn't know what catfishing was then. I think th- we didn't really know what it was until MTV Catfish came out with yeah. Neve and, his, and Max. But that wasn't until like the 2000s. So. Well, again, after the internet kind of really showed us what could happen. It took us learning the internet to figure out, okay, this is what people can do. Yeah. Because when something's new, you don't want to think it's bad right away. You have no idea. You just, you're, yeah, you're, it's a whole new world. Yeah. It really is. So crazy to think about. We yeah. could be here all day getting into some conspiracy feelings. I feel us going down that trail. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to stop us because yeah. we have more to talk about. <laughs> so right now you guys can hear Bobby and Eddie make their bet on the Rolling Stones concert and just kind of how it all went down. So here you go. Number seven. Eddie and I are arguing about me going to a Rolling Stones concert in 2015. He says I went to one. I say I've never been to one. 100%. You were there with me. I'll never forget it. This is the big argument right now. Okay, here's Eddie posting a picture with the Rolling Stones. At the Rolling Stone. Oh. Is it you? Oh, come on. Is it you? Come on. It's over. Come the debate's on. over. The debate's over. Are you, were you the debate's rolling? over. Who come on. Come on. You were there, bro. The debate's, okay, so Eddie and I have bet a few things here. We have bet he has to cook. Whoever loses has to cook dinner. Whoever loses has to cook dinner for the other person. And then they have to be cuddled on the ground for 15 minutes. Can we just do dinner? No, no, no. We agreed to all this. You can oh, hear it in the post show because we recorded a whole thing about it. Eddie, you ready? Yeah. You posted on June 17th, 2015. It's a picture of Nissan Stadium, and you are in the back left side Woo! of it. Right? Remember back left? Yeah, I guess. You, know the stage? you said, at the Rolling Stones, with my boy, at Justin the Suit. Oh! <laughs> no way. <laughs> you went with Justin no the Suit. rushing it right now. No way. It wasn't you? Are you sure you weren't there? I'm positive. I've never been to a show. Wow. Dang. You and our old head, head of syndication, <laughs> Justin <laughs> Suit. I was starting to get worried that Bobby wasn't remembering that, but Eddie. Wow. Wow. And then you have videos of you watching Wild Horses and Justin the Suits were there with you. Wow, you weren't there. You owe us dinner okay. and cuddle on the floor. What do you want for dinner? I don't Anything? know. I, I got to think about it. Okay. You got to cook it at our house. In a, in a, oh, I have to cook it there? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I thought he could just cook it and bring it to no, you. No, that's not what the bet was. <laughs> well, I don't know that that part was What a beautiful fine. day. Oh, Let's to start go. The morning. Good job, Mike D. And we encourage you guys to check out the post show because oh. you'll hear a whole conversation about this before we came on the air. Good? Yeah, I guess. Do you now admit, though, that you lost the bet? Yeah, I admit now that you weren't there. Thank you. Yep. It's the best bits of the week show. with Morgan number two. We're combining two right here because everybody has been loving having the drafts back. And this week we did two drafts. We did the draft of superheroes and we did the draft of cartoons. Look, controversy on both, right? Everybody has a lot to say about superheroes. You got the comic book people and you got movie people. It's a whole thing. And then the cartoons. Is an animated movie considered a cartoon in this category? I don't know. It was a whole discussion, but we drafted two things this week. And you guys have been wanting to have them back. So I'm playing both of those right now so you guys can enjoy them for hopefully a first or maybe a second time. Number six. It's time for another Bobby Bone Show draft. We're drafting our favorite superheroes today. I get the first overall pick. 
I'm going Batman. You have to. Strong. You have to. So my pick number one is going to be Batman as the greatest superhero. And I don't think, I think 15 years ago, I would have said Superman. Oh, yeah? But Batman has become the biggest singular hero because of all the movies. But Superman's strong. But Batman is my number one pick. Amy? Okay, I just have to go with my favorite here, and it's Iron Man. Okay. Well. Good. He's a first rounder for sure. Thank you for your affirmation. No problem. Eddie? Uh, I'm going to go against your theory, and I will go with Superman because he is the man. Yeah, he is the man. I mean, he's the man for sure. Morgan? He's so big that he has three different movie series. It's Spider-Man. Good one. Spider-Man's good. Ray? Chick vote, give me Wonder Woman. If you yell chick vote, I don't know you're getting chick vote. I think you just have to... I don't think you yell pandering and then pander. I think you just, okay. but okay. Uh, Wonder Woman. There's our first round. We go three rounds and then we go backward for the second round. So Ray, if you'll yell whose vote you're going for when you yell your superhero, let us know. Go ahead. He's green, all the green people out there, and he's jacked. People that work out, give me Hulk. Hulk. Got it. Green people out there, huh? Maybe Ray means like people that plant gardens. Oh, green thumb people. Green thumb, yeah. yeah. Morgan. He's the god of thunder. It's Thor. Still some good ones left. Amy? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Eddie. Oh, oh, Eddie. Whoa, whoa, sorry, whoa, sorry, whoa. Sorry, sorry. Eddie. And we're kind of running out, though, Bones. No, we're not. Nah. Um, not even. Give me. Dr. Strange. Since Dr. we're all Strange. American here. Oh, and crap. I mean, we love being Americans. Give me Captain America. Dang it. I was hoping that one lasted. Yeah. Amy? Black Panther. Good one. Well, now there's not crap left. Right. Because <sighs> I ain't picking Daredevil. I didn't have that on the list. Who is that? <laughs> oh, he's a little one, right? No, no. that's Ant-Man. God. Hmm. Okay, it's my pick. Oh, that's Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Daredevil. <laughs> He's also I'm, Batman. I'm going to go... What'd you, what'd you say? He's also Batman. Yeah, true. I'm going to go with... Oh, man. This is... Like, I feel like now I'm in the wrong, the different tier completely. Yeah. You guys took all the good ones. Are there any Marvels left? Yes. Batman, Superman, I can say Iron that. Man, Captain yes. America, Spider-Man, Thor, Black Panther. Oh, we took that... Mm. I mean, no, there's Hawkeye, what? but he's stupid. Bow and arrow? Who? Who cares? I'd rather have Robin Hood. Jeremy Renner, is that him? Well, I'm not insulting the actor. No, I know, I know, but he plays him. <sighs> I'm going to go with Wolverine. Wow. Forgot about him. Well, crap. <laughs> I don't have anybody else. I'm going Wolverine. All right, that's second round. <sighs> now we're at third round. But now they're all like assistants. Like there's Captain Marvel. But I don't know that she would be picked. There's Wanda. Wanda Vision? Yeah. Oh, there's Vision too, mm-hmm. right? So I have to have the first pick in the next round. I guess I'm gonna go with Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've heard of him. Yeah. Who, who? Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, no, yeah. I know. 
Amy, I don't know. I said. Who did Ray? Who does Ray have? Who knows? He has. He yelled out, "Women rock!" And then he picked out Wonder Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman and Hulk. Ugh. Okay. You're up. I mean, my kids like loved this when they first got to America. We watched it all the time. It taught them a lot of English. So I'm gonna go with Flash. Oh, I didn't oh. Even write that one down. Flash, forgot about I it had too. Him, Flash is awesome. I mean, if you 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 have a good first and second round, so I'd feel pretty good about that. My first, my second well, round. I mean, what are we supposed to do for the third? I mean, it's I know Ninja Turtles. They're they're on my list. Are they? Mm-hmm. I have them on mine, but I, oh, they're superheroes. Yeah, they are. They're turtles that fight. Superhero Eddie, your your last pick. Man, I mean, she is one bad chick. So give me Captain Marvel. I love those movies. I think she is awesome. Okay. That's chick vote, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan. I'm between two, Black Widow yeah, she's cool and too. Scarlet Witch, which is Wanda. That's her name, Scarlet Witch? Mm-hmm. Oh. And they're both super popular right now. They both just had big things come out. I love Black Widow, though. Give me Black Widow. Okay. Raymundo, final pick, and please yell out the, the person you're catering to. Has anybody done Aquaman? No. no. Interesting. I'm going between <laughs> that one and then also Catwoman. I just don't know what really, I don't really remember Catwoman doing a lot, but it is for the chick vote. What's Aquaman for? The <laughs> what does he do? Hurricanes? Fish, I don't know. Fisherman. Or fish? Yeah, fisherman. Oceanologist. <laughs> Marine biologist. <laughs> I like Catwoman. I'm going to do her. Interesting choice <laughs> of words. Weird way to say that. Weird <laughs> <laughs> uh, Odd collection of language. <laughs> Okay, we have our teams. I have Batman, Wolverine, and Deadpool. Amy has Iron Man, Black Panther, and Flash. Solid. Why'd you not yell solid to her mind? Uh, see how know. that's how it feels. That's normally me. That's what do you normally mean? what happens. Y'all are all like, ooh, good, good one. And then I speak and y'all are just like, okay, next. I just kind of listen back and I'm like, who would I vote for? Eddie has Superman, Captain America, and Captain Marvel. Solid. Don't yell solid at your own team. <laughs> Morgan has Spider-Man, Thor, and Black Widow. Feel strong. Yeah, that's pretty strong. And Raimundo has Wonder Woman, Hulk, and Catwoman. Yeah! <laughs> I'm going to tell you who's not going to win. Well, you never know. It surprises us. Go vote at bobbybones.com. We'll put the poll up there. It'll only be up there for a little bit. Vote on the team that you think should win. Well, there you have it. There's our superhero. I thought it would there would be more good ones. Because you always look forward to having the first pick. And usually there's something good on the second round. I have leftovers. I basically have meatloaf from Tuesday night. Oh, meatloaf. Why didn't draft him? He's a singer. <laughs> I would do it. Now we're going to draft our favorite cartoons. So the first first show you think of, Amy, when I say what's the best cartoon mm-hmm. is what? I go with the longest running, The Simpsons. It's strong. Simpsons. It's a tough one. There are so many good cartoons. Lots I know. of them. Yeah. So Amy drafts The Simpsons as the first overall pick. Eddie? Rocky, give me Scooby Scooby-Doo. Come on! Morgan? I watched it all the time growing up, so SpongeBob SquarePants. Dang, that was gonna be the one I took. Under the sea. No, no that's, that's Little Mermaid. That's Little Mermaid. Oh, what does he say? What does SpongeBob say? Uh, I'm the, in the pineapple under the sea. sea. That's what I just said. No, you didn't. I just said under the sea, the pineapple <laughs> under the sea. Cartoons. And they can be any cartoon, right? 
This is your show. You tell us. <laughs> yeah, it's true, Bones. You can do but whatever the, you want. I mean, the list is just cartoons. Okay. Oh, Ray's up. Go ahead, Ray. I'm going to go with Family Guy. It's up to me now. I'm gonna go with The Lion King. Oh wow. Is that a TV show? No. Is it a cartoon movie? Cartoon. It's, oh. Well, let's just open a world of things. Yeah. I thought it had to be a TV show. <sighs> I never said car I just said cartoons. Well, okay then. Okay. Secondly, I'm gonna go. Shrek. Okay. What we all it? we all entered this as TV shows. You do see that when it gets around to you, you're getting like the good movies. That's because you guys didn't pick them. We can also go good movies too, Amy. There's a lot. Okay, left. bring it back around. Wait, but what did I do wrong here? Nothing. 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 That's your choice. Well, she's jumping all over. I'm not. Me. All I'm I said was cartoon. No, Let me no, tell no. you something though, Bones. The voter is going to be like, "Is that a real cartoon or is that an animated movie?" So that's on you, bud. But it's a cartoon. I get okay, it. Great, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> this is wide open right now. Garfield? Interesting. <laughs> you may have just lost it right there, Ray. <laughs> I went with my favorite cartoon back as a kid, and I went with my favorite cartoon as an adult, so I don't know what else to do. Morgan? Rugrats. But I got laughed at. Well, Rugrats in the last draft, you, you did one, you yelled, this is for the chick, and you got, like, no votes. <laughs> <laughs> True. Eddie? Yeesh. Give me the classic. I mean, this reminds me of every Saturday morning in my life. Looney Tunes. Amy? So torn with what to do right now. Ooh. Um, Toy Story? There you go. I like how you jump on me, then you, jump, then you get on the train, yeah, too. I like it, Amy. Why not? Eddie, nobody's going to be judging our things, being like, I don't know if this is an animated they movie might. or a cartoon. You ever jumped on Facebook? I don't I don't know why. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> okay, last round. Amy, you're up. The Flintstones. Good one. Eddie? Yeah, I wanted that one. Yeesh. Bones, I'm between two really good ones. Should I go traditional cartoon or movie cartoon like you've done? Just go. I'm going to I'm going to add the the movie. Give me Frozen, the biggest movie cartoon out there. Morgan? I'm sticking with all of the animated cartoons I watched younger and I'm going Fairly Odd Parents. Ray? King of the Hill. Hmm. I think my final pick is going to be Cuz I'm the last one. Here here's what I'm weighing. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm, yes. Good one. Beavis and Butthead. Good one. Nah. Rick and Morty, which I love. Yeah, you love that. Looney Tunes. I already got it. That was but, my second. But I'm going to steal it. You could do like Bugs Bunny. Mm. I'm going to go Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. All our teams drafted? Yeah. You don't feel so good about it, Not Eddie? really. I mean, it's because I had Charlie Brown kind of as a backup. But, man, that whole movie thing threw me off. But you're right. That's a cartoon, too. So who cares? Amy has The Simpsons, Toy Story, and Flintstones. Eddie has Scooby-Doo, Looney Tunes, and Frozen. Let it go. Eh. Morgan mm. has SpongeBob, Rugrats, and Fairly Odd Parents. Feel good about it. 
Raimundo has Family Guy, Garfield, and King of the Hill. <laughs> Decent. Not going to be last place, but not first. And then I have The Lion King, Shrek, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. The caller called into the show, and because it's Halloween month, spooky season, all the things, she wanted to know our worst fears. Now, fears are super interesting to me because there are some people out there that don't have any, right? Some people are not fearful at all. I wish I could be that person, right? Yeah. I'm fearful of a lot of things. I am very much a fearful person. You guys learned on the show that I am afraid of spiders and I'm afraid of needles and I have hysterical laughter whenever needles come at me in any sort of way and I start grabbing my neck. I have a neck phobia as well. A lot of strange things, right? (laughs) So you're afraid of your own self. (laughs) Yes, I'm just afraid of everything. Yeah. But And I want to hear about your fears, so make sure you have your fears ready. But. Uh, the other side of this, too, is that people have told me with fears that it is likely, you know, if you believe in reincarnation or whatever, that the person who who was you or your body before something likely happened with one of your current fears to them to die. Yes. Yeah. So, like, because I'm afraid of of people grabbing my neck or getting choked, like I have a neck phobia that likely the person who was in this body or whatever before was strangled. Yeah. And that like blows my mind as well, right? Yes, that you have this, uh, you have like a, it's like in your DNA in a sense to be afraid of these things so that we, that way you don't die from that in this current state. Yes. Because you did it because you died from it in a previous state. Or, or is it predicting what you will die from? Or that, which is even darker. I know. (laughs) We're not going to get too dark, but I'm just saying like fears are so interesting to me. They're really cool. Yeah. So what are your fears? So for me, I'm afraid I don't like needles like you, but I think on another similar level of needles is knives. Like I'm very fearful of knives. Um, Like I feel like if you were to die from any way possible, I think a stabbing death will be the worst because it's not it's because I feel like it's a slow bleed out. Like you can get stabbed, but you're still there and you feel the pain and you can either survive it or if it's multiple stabs. Like I just I feel like the whole knife thing is very scary. There was a TV show and I, I wish I could remember the name of it. It had Kevin Bacon. Um, and it came out, it was on Fox with Kevin Bacon and he had to follow, he had a, he was like brought into the following. Was it the following? Yeah. The following. Uh, Yes. Yeah. The following Kevin Bacon. I Googled the, the three keywords you gave me. (laughs) Knives, bacon, Fox. (laughs) Yes. It was big. It was back when they were first starting to put Hollywood actors, like who did movies primarily Mm -hmm. into doing television shows, which is kind of where we're at now. And I remember watching, but like, this is such a great show, but there was this point in the show where basically there's this criminal who has these followers, almost like a cult, and he doesn't have to do anything. He just has them do all the work for them. And there's this one scene where they're on like an L, like a, uh, a subway, and they just start slicing and dicing oh. and stabbing people. And I just remember watching it being like, oh, my God. <laughs> Never had fear of knives until seeing that particular so scene. that caused your fear of knives. Yes, because then that was because de- I lived in San Francisco at the time, mm-hmm. which was a city where you would take subways and buses and public transportation. And I was just fearful of being on a subway and then not being able to defend myself from all these knives that probably would never come my way, but I was afraid of it. Yeah. Uh, this is why when people are like, you should watch scary movies. Stuff, there's a reason I don't, right? Yeah. I don't want to give myself more fears. <laughs> and you just confirmed <laughs> that you got a fear from watching something on TV. Yeah. It's, been, it's stuck with me for the last 10 years. Are you afraid when somebody's using knives around you, like for cooking or anything? Yeah. yeah mostly because I have kids now. So mm-hmm. I'm always afraid. I tell my wife, I know she's very careful, but she'll be cutting things up and then she gets distracted and goes somewhere else and leaves the knife like right at the edge of the counter. I'm like, 
no <laughs> like our kid could come right up there and grab it like i had a friend of mine uh john when we were living in la his son was a similar age of my kid now three and uh we were like he was chopping something up and it was a house party like not, a, not like a crazy house party but like a bunch of adults with kids and they were preparing something and then they left the knife at the edge of the counter and then i remember just like maybe a minute later I'm, we're sitting there hanging out and talking and his son's like holding a knife like in the air walking around with it and i'm just like knife knife <laughs> The kid has a knife. He's just, and he doesn't know what he's doing. He's just holding something that's an object he's never held before. And then it was like, so how do you approach the kid with the knife? Like, how do you get it from him? And do you come from the side or from the back or obviously not from the front? And I just remember that fear of like him holding a knife. And so fast, you know, fast forward to me now with my wife, I'm like, just be mindful of the knives. Please don't put them at the edge of the counter, like slide them back towards the end or put them somewhere else where he can't touch them. Uh, I forget where we got in the tangent of knives. So basically you're saying you would not like your own kid to stab you. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's <laughs> this the, is really yeah. the wrap up here, what right? it comes to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope not. Well, and I think, too, like that leads into another fear, right? Like I think everybody has a fear of freak accidents. Like nobody oh, yeah. wants that to happen in their lives to them or anyone they love. Like that's a very natural fear. Oh, yeah. These are like our fears that are uh, a little... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Over-exaggerated in ways yes. because of experiences. So yours is with knives from a TV show. Like yes. mine with needles is from, I got, I had gotten bit by a brown recluse spider. Oh my gosh. When yeah. I was younger, I fainted. And then I went in and they had to draw all this blood because they had to figure out what was happening. And that instilled me to be afraid of needles because I had such a bad experience. They were trying to find veins and I was sick. It was a whole thing. And they're constantly poking you and stabbing you and then yes. not a pleasant experience. So now you're afraid of, of needles because of that. Totally yes. makes sense. So like, I, And I think that's what happens with most, pe- most people's fears is it comes from something that happened. Something they've yeah. seen, something they've experienced or just like pop culture, right? On TV, in yeah. movies. And you're like, I don't want that to ever happen to me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which was the case for you. Like, if, if, if something happens in a scene where somebody gets like their throat cut, I literally like, I'm out. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I tap out. Uh, I can't do it. <laughs> Even going to the needles, like Saw. Have you ever seen the Saw um, no. franchise? Steve, there's a reason I do okay. not watch horror yeah. movies. Because <laughs> there's a scene in there. I think it's one of the first, I think it's the first one or the second one where this girl who's a heroin addict gets thrown into like a big bin full of syringes and needles and has ah, to crawl ah, her way yeah. out of it. And I'm just like, ah! Or even if I watch like those shows in A&E where it's about drug addicts and they talk about their, their drug addiction and it's oh. about shooting up and they use needles, I'm just always like, oh, God, it just it just it projects so that you, on me. Are you afraid of needles? I hate too? needles, yeah. Okay. Which is another reason why I didn't, I would never have done well in the firefighting EMT world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, I'm not big on needles. Yeah, you, I can do it, but I'm just not, I, I'd prefer not to. Even you like discussing this, I'm grabbing my neck right yeah. now, which is something I do <laughs> when I the you. needles come near me. <laughs> but you're also afraid of people grabbing and strangling yes. your neck, which is also interesting. Well, it's like a vulnerable thing. So when the needle happens, I immediately yeah. reach my neck. So I'm like, don't touch me yeah. <laughs> in this area. And then they start to do it. And then I start laughing. It's a literal whole procedure when I go in to get uh-huh. <laughs> needles and like blood drawn something. I've kicked nurses before on accident. Oh my gosh. Like because I'm giggling and I like can't control my it's like a uncontrollable controllable laughter that turns into tears because of laughter. Yeah. And then I start grabbing my neck and then yeah. You would think I am not sober. Yeah. (laughs) When this is happening. Like a medical like an insane patient. Yes. Yeah, like like the Joker thing Eddie commented Mm -hmm. on the show. It is. It really is. And it makes me feel weird. Have you tried the like the two things that worked for me when I was a kid was like squeezing a teddy bear, squeezing an object, and then as an adult now it's like I know it's on my right arm, so I'll completely look to the left. And start thinking about something else just so I don't have to 
or I'll, or I'll carry on a conversation and talk with them until it's done. And they go, oh, is it done? They go, yeah, it's done. And then I'm okay. Well, yes, but that exposes my neck. Okay. <laughs> You're afraid someone's going to so, give you a so shot like, and come in and slice your neck. Yes. I'm like looking away <laughs> and holding my neck. At the, it's like, it's a whole thing. Wow. Right? Like. Yeah, that, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. So you combine the two and I am just all sorts of out of whack. Yeah. Oh, man. But it makes me feel good that I'm not the only one that has been caused this by a lot of random things. Yes, so yeah, we're in alone. this together yes. in a lot of ways. I'm sure anyone listening right now has their very similar fears for very similar reasons. Yes. And keep the knives away from the children. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, y'all. Well, you guys can hear us talking about our worst fears on the air. Bobby, Amy, Eddie, we all shared what was happening with us and where they come from. So, yeah, listen to that right now. Number five. The voicemail we got last night from Larissa. I've been listening to you guys for like a couple of years and I'm a little bit younger and I know it's Halloween season. So I was wondering like, what are y'all's greatest fears? Cause I ask my friends that all the time, especially around this season. And I was wondering like, you know, it'd be cool to know like what y'all are scared of. Scared, not like rejection. Oh, people not liking me? Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> like Halloween fears. Like what are you scared, oh, scared of? That's the first thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go heights. Definitely afraid of heights and needles. Those are the two for me. You? Heights and spiders. You? Uh, Intruders. Somebody in my house, and I don't know they're there. Have you had anything? Because I I am too, and I still struggle with a little bit of PTSD from having my house broken into and, you know, being jumped, stuff like that. Yeah. But you haven't had anything like that. I kind of don't want to answer that because I don't want to be like. jinx it? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. But no. Morgan? Uh, Needles and spiders. Oh, we got three needles here. Interesting. Because nobody loves needles. You scared of needles at all? No, I don't care about needles. Yeah, they don't. I just can't look. I, I donate look blood and I stare at it. It's kind of cool. Oh, I get hysterical laughter. It's a big thing. When you get a needle? Yeah, like instead of hysterically crying, I hysterically laugh out of like nervous. <laughs> it's, it's like the Joker. It's a whole thing. Hmm. What I do with them, I say, hey, I know you're going to go one, two, three and put it in, but don't do it on three. Like do it on two. But what that really means is do it on one. Because then if I know it's on two, it's the same thing as me knowing it's on three. You're so complicated. I know. So I. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> but if I know it's coming, I'm like, I jerk away from it. Then it goes into a different part of my body. It's a whole situation with needles. <laughs> Thank you for that voicemail. You can leave us a voicemail at any time. 877-77-BOBBY. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. Raimundo shared on the show this week that he was rejected for a selfie with a famous actress. Now, I'll let him get into all that in the segment that's about to start playing. But, Scuba, have you ever been rejected for a photo with a celebrity? No, and for me, it's mostly because I don't like taking pictures in general. So, I, And I definitely don't like to bother celebrities or musicians for photos. Just because I perspective, not saying that I'm bothered for photos. I don't have... Like I don't have like <laughs> like like uh, experience personally, but just I know like like who wants to stop when you're in the middle of going somewhere or doing something in your daily life, whether it be walking to the store or whatever. Who wants to be walking somewhere and then stopped and bothered to stop and take a picture? Yeah. I feel like that's such an annoying thing to do. So I just out of respect for humans, I I just have never wanted to stop someone for a picture. Uh, and even out if they in come real life? out in real life, I've never okay. wanted to be like, Hey, you know, Adam Sandler, I know you're with your family and you're doing things and you're not, you don't want to be bothered, but let me bother you for the next 30 seconds and take a picture and tell you how much I love your stuff, which you've heard probably a million times. I'd rather just see them and it almost like going to a zoo. I'd rather almost just like watch them in the wild and, and just kind of like not creepily follow them. But <laughs> you just, like to people watch celebrities. I like the people. I'd rather people watch them and see them in their habitat. Or if they come by me, I, you know, just, Hey, how's it going? Like I had an 
experience with when we were in uh, Maui for my brother-in-law's wedding. We were at this like little mall and it was near like one of the nicer hotels. Uh, I think Four Seasons or whatever. And we went to this mall to kind of kill some time. And we're at the store and my son was like not even a year old yet. And then we went to a, like a boutique type shop and my wife was looking around with her sister. And I was at the front of the store because my son was like antsy and bored. So I was sitting there playing with him, hanging out. And this guy walks up from behind me and he's like, oh, God, aren't, aren't, aren't kids just the best? And I'm, and I haven't seen his face yet. And I'm just talking. I was like, yeah, man, it's my first son. You know, I'm really excited. It's such a cool journey. And I turn around and look at him and I'm like, oh, God. Oh my god! Who was it? <laughs> and I'm just like freaking out. I'm like, and so you had that, you know, that feeling in your chest where like it feels like you're constantly dropping on a roller coaster and you can't catch your breath. Hate it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to breathe and you're trying to like grasp and you're trying to like just just trying to maintain composure. And I'm just like, and then because before I had no idea talking to the, I had no problem talking to the guy. And then I realized who it is and, it, and I'm freaking out, freaking out. I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, it's my first, it's my first kid. It's just. Yeah. <sighs> Wait, who was it? And he starts talking and he's like, and, then, and he's like, oh man, yeah, he's like, I got like three kids and I got grandkids and he goes, and he goes, man, it's just, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I get the same advice I get from everybody. Was it Tom Hanks? No, it wasn't. Dang. It wasn't Tom Hanks, but it's of that, of that S. Are you not going to tell oh, me? I'm going to tell you, of course, but I just want to like, kind of, you you're, know. you're dragging me on. Like I'm sitting here on the edge of my seat. Like, and, I, and, and, and okay. he's giving me advice about kids and everything. And we're talking, whatever, da, da, da. And then I was like, all right, man, well, you know, uh, appreciate the advice. Appreciate everything. Yeah, man. He goes, it sounds good. He goes, all right, well, you know, bye. He kind of just said our quick, quick pleasantries and goodbyes. And then I walk up to my wife and I was like, do you know who that is right there? She goes, no. And I go, you know, cat scratch fever, cat scratch fever, one of his songs. She goes, yeah, I think so. Alice Cooper, the the, oh, the like legendary rock rock, rock singer, yeah. And at the time, he had done many many things. So he, not only was he uh, a lead singer in, in his band, but he also was doing like television things and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh my god, it's Alice Cooper. And then I didn't never I never said like, hey Alice or hey Alice Cooper or well, can I take a photo or anything. I just I just enjoyed the moment of having my special moment with Alice Cooper giving me parenting advice and hanging out with him. We talked for like a good five minutes, and then my nod to him because his real name is Vince and my cousin's name is Vince. So my nod to him was as we're still in the store and he's still shopping with his wife. I was like, hey, I was like, hey, uh, to my wife, I was like, hey, are we, um, are we still going to be, am I still playing golf with Vince later today? And then he kind of like looked up and looked at me and then went back to his wife and, I, and she goes, oh, no, no, we're not playing golf with Vince today. I was like, all right, cool. And then we kind of, then we left the store. And so it was my nod of being like, I know who you are, but I ain't going to bother you. It was kind of it was like you a cool like thing. You like know who he was too, because I would have never known his name is Vince. I quickly looked it up on my phone. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know Cheater. I didn't realize his name was Vince, but I first had to look it up to show my wife like this is who it is, and she goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." So did he have? I'm looking at a picture of him right now because I wouldn't have known. I'm not a huge like rock genre person. But yeah. Did he have no? Makeup on because he tends to wear makeup, right? That's yeah, normally he wears like eyeliner and he's yeah. got like like lines on his face. The thing. This was just stripped down Alice Cooper with like long stringy black hair and no makeup whatsoever. It was like seeing my mom at like three in the morning with no makeup. <laughs> You're like, I know who you are, but I can't place it. <laughs> totally. And almost when I looked online, I had to confirm like, I think it's Alice Cooper, but I'm not sure. So when I looked it up, I was like, oh yeah, totally Alice Cooper. And I saw that he would frequent Maui a lot because he has a house there or something. No like, big deal. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is so freaking cool. But just I, I like to relish in the moment rather than capture it with a photo and, and bug them and bother them and then then them hate me versus where if I would have done that in the beginning, he probably would have never given me parenting advice. We'd never been chopping it up for five minutes. So I'd rather just kind of live, not hating on anyone who does that, but I'd rather just live in the moment and enjoy it and have a story out of it. Do you think that part of them wants you to recognize them? 
for some celebrities, not him in particular, just in general. I think some probably, yeah, maybe people want to come up. Um, but someone like him, he's been probably bo- he's been bothered since the seventies. So he, if anything, he probably would be like, ah, "All right, you know, I'll take <laughs> another photo, sure." Or he could have been like, "Hey, f you, dude." Well, in those rock personalities, you never know what you're gonna get. Exactly, and he could have been either or because he came from that era of like, "Screw you, I'm God, I'm out of here," kind of yeah. thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to flick you out, but you know what I mean. <laughs> totally just got flipped off in studio. <laughs> but like, I just kind of I don't ever want to have a bad experience, and if a bad experience happens because of our conversation, then that is what it is. But but. But I don't want to be the catapult of it being a bad experience because I bugged them for a photo. Um, so, yeah, I'd rather just kind of be in the moment. Like I saw Bobby before I even took this job. I mean, to us, he's not a celebrity because we work with him. But outside of here, you know, he could be considered a celebrity. Yeah. I remember before I took this gig, I was in L.A. and I was at and I never told him. So because I, I just I don't really know how you bring this up. Like, hey, by the way, I totally <laughs> I saw, saw you. I saw you in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> but we were and I think he's even talked about it on the show before where he was at. Uh, he was at a hotel back with this was back when you guys were doing Dancing with the Stars. And I was in L.A. and it was a hotel he was staying at. And there was like a, a hip hop club attached to it. And it may have been the, the moment he met Caitlin. It was that exact same moment because he was because he walked off with a girl. And I think it was I don't remember, but it probably was Caitlin. <laughs> um, but I was, we were in this hip hop club and me and my friends were hanging out and it was kind of at the time where, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't taking his, this job, but there was talks of me moving on from Seacrest to this show. And I remember we're sitting there hanging out, having a good time drinking. And I was like plastered. So it was a good thing. I probably didn't do anything. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sitting there hanging out and I look over next to me and my friend John's like, yo, I think Bobby's sitting next to us. And he's just like all by himself slumped over on the couch, like on his phone, just like hanging out. And he's like, you should go over and say hi to him. And I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. He goes, just go over and, and say hi to him and like take a picture or something. And I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. And we're all drunk. I was like, this is probably a bad move. I shouldn't say anything, especially because if there was chances for me to get this job, yeah. and he'd be like, oh, it may somehow click. And he'd be like, nah, that guy was annoying. I don't want him on this show or I don't want anything to do with him. So I just kind of like creepily watched him. <laughs> and then as we, we kind of left at the same time and he and we were leaving at the same time. And I was like, oh, my God. And he's now he's right in front of us. I'm like, just say something. And I was like, no, I don't want to say anything. We just say something to him. And I was like, I'm not going to say anything to him. Leave me alone. <laughs> we just like slowly followed him out and he went to the elevator and then we went our separate way and left the hotel. That's a fun little memory, though. Like, yeah. And like two months later, I interviewed for the job and I was like, well, and I took it as like a sign more than anything. I like, OK, this is a sign that this is my future where I'm going to be and Versus like trying to bug him and and take a photo with him. That's a cool perspective for sure, too, especially if you're in it and you're around it a lot, too. Yeah. Like it's very easy to um, it, it's called a, a germ, right? Like a where germ? you're very. So if you haven't heard that term, it's like an in, kind of an industry term, like somebody's a germ over all artists and all they want to do is meet and greets and meet all the artists. Like and, people who work with, with us in, in, like in our company kind of thing. Yes. Or oh, okay. like. um like a fan, it can be a fan too. It's a, it's, it's a term that I've heard. I've never used it, but yeah. some people in the industry use it's like, it's somebody who's just like overly. Oh, I know those people wants to do everything with every famous person, but nothing else. When you ask me to do anything else, like, yes. I don't want to do that, but I'll do this. But if it involves an artist or a celebrity, yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. Like so that's kind general. of a, a, yeah. a term. Germ. Okay. I like that. I'll start using it. Yeah. And, cool. and maybe some people pronounce it germ, but I call it germ. Cause okay. it feels weird if germ is like a, it could be a germ. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It feels weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So like, cause you have those, that flip side of things, right. That people are like that. So it's a cool perspective to like, think, Hey, maybe I should just enjoy this moment yeah just take it in yeah which is really cool i it will and too like i don't when i see artists and stuff of any genre i just am not really like i'll take if everybody's taking pictures like we're here i'm like yeah i'll take one yeah but it's one of those scenarios where it's like open to it where it's been set up like hey we're taking pictures totally yes or when shania was in i was like i want a picture oh yeah yeah that's a memory i need to remember 
Um, but yeah, normally like with artists, it's never thing. But but actors and actresses for me, that's my like, ooh, this is really cool. Yeah. And that happened when we 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 were flying down from Mike's wedding to Austin, and Dennis Quaid was sitting next to us. Okay. And I so badly wanted to ask for a photo, but I was feeling the moment, right? Like I'm uh-huh. never gonna ask if it feels wrong to me. And he just felt like he was trying to stay away from things and he was very hurried, like trying. I mean, he left his phone on the plane of how hurried oh he gosh. was trying to get wow, off. Wow, okay. Yeah, he like d- very human moment. Yeah. yeah. So you could tell he was trying to not cause issues. I mean, he wasn't, like, this was on a Southwest flight. There's no first class, first of all. And he got in in the C group. Like, oh, he's oh really God. not trying to, like, put itself out there that he's, yeah. like, this huge famous person. But I love him as an actor and he's in so many of my favorite movies. He's a great movies. actor, yeah. And so I really wanted a picture, but it just never felt right. So I didn't ask. And kind of a part of me regrets it. But he's in within the country music realm enough. I have a feeling I could potentially meet him again. Oh, yeah. And ask in a more appropriate way. Yeah, exactly. Like he comes in the studio like, hey, by the way, I saw you on a Southwest flight. I didn't want to bother you then. And you left your phone behind. Yeah. Um, can I oh, have a don't remember now? it. Like yeah. that's probably a rough day for him. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably was a very rough day for him. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so that was one, but I, ne- I never asked. I just kind of left it. So I did live in the moment. I watched okay. him drink his Coke and <laughs> ice and all the things. <laughs> Try not to pay attention. Did you keep the cup? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I tried not to pay attention to him. But I was excited. Like he's yeah. such a big actor. Ma- um, he's massive. You say the name. You don't have to explain who he is. Yeah. It's Dennis freaking Quaid. And he's in so much. Dennis Quaid and Kevin Costner are up there for me. Oh, yeah. Kevin Costner. Oh, totally. Yeah. And so many of my favorite movies. Like, just really good. Um, but then the other incident that I was a part of that I didn't do, but I saw, I was with my parents and we were shopping in Nashville and I we saw Keith Urban, Nicole uh-huh. Kidman, and their kids. Oh, wow. Okay. And my mom's a huge Keith Urban fan. Loves him. And I was like, you know what? I know you want to say hi to him right now. Yeah. But it's not a good idea. Like I can tell parents, that they're having a family like day out trying to enjoy it. Like just enjoy that. You got to see Keith Urban yeah. out in Nashville. Don't ruin their time. Yeah. And she was totally cool about it. She's like, yeah, you're right. Like I'm not going to. And um, while we were in the store, we were all in the same store together. And somebody else walked up to him and asked for a picture. And he said, no, he was like, I'm, you know, I'm out with my family. Yeah. So it's a good thing. It so wasn't watched, you guys being rejected. No. And yeah. I wouldn't. I've, in the industry long enough to know. And like, I'm like, Hey, there'll be, and she's got to meet him. So it's yeah. like worked out okay, at cool. like a meet and greet. So it's, so it all worked itself out. Yes. But it's just funny too, because I'm like, I totally was like, no, we cannot in this situation. But for other people, they're like, no, this is a perfectly great situation. To ask oh, for yeah. a photo. My aunt Esther is one of those people when we were, when she'd come visit us in LA, she's the kind of person when she sees somebody, which you would see people all the time in LA where she literally would see someone. She'd go, oh my God, that's so-and-so from general hospital season seven, episode 16. <laughs> and he was the guy that walked in from the front door and da da da. And she'd be like, Ooh, I just want to say hi. I want to get a picture. And you're like, eh, stop it. Don't, you're going to ruin our time. Mm-hmm. You're going to ruin their person's time, but she'll do it every freaking time. We're at a comedy club. There's a restaurant above it, uh, laugh factory and, um, not Tom Hanks, Tim Allen oh, was yeah. having lunch. Awesome. They're a big one. Huge, like massive. Like that's another one you say Tim Allen, you go, Oh, I know Tim Allen. Buzz mm-hmm. Lightyear, Home Improvement, the list goes on. Uh Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. Oh, oh Santa yeah. Claus. Not Jingle All the Way. Santa Claus. Yes, yeah, Santa Claus. He yeah. was Santa Claus. He was Santa Claus, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's one of those ones. She goes, Oh God, it's Tim Allen. And she's saying it so loud that Tim Allen is hearing her say this. And he's eating lunch, having a great time. And she's like, Oh God. And we're all like, Oh God, answer, don't do it. And she's the one that will get up, interrupt them. Ask them for a picture, talk to them and tell her, tell them all of her favorite movies and television shows. And you can just see it on their face that they're just like, oh, God, leave me alone. But every time she gets her picture and she gets her stories out and they never they never reject her. They never give her crap. I was like, how do you have? Well, that's probably why, too, that she keeps doing it. Right. She's never had a bad 
interaction. It's a good point. No one's ever told her to shut up and leave me alone. <laughs> well, honestly, like we kind of have one of those on the show. It's Ray. Oh, Ray like, is totally not a, He's not a germ, yes. but like he just always asks because he wants to document it because from what he claims his followers want to see it. Which, <laughs> yes, fine. Maybe they do. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, Ray, no. Like he meets all these people all the time and I'm like, you probably shouldn't have gone up to him, Ray. No filter whatsoever. Yes. Yeah. So we do have one of those on yeah. the show <laughs> in a way. Everyone's got one in every family. Oh, yeah. This is true. This yeah. is our family. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys can hear what happened with our person in the family, Ray, um, when he got rejected for a selfie while he was out at a bar in Nashville. Number four. Raymundo said he was rejected for a selfie by a major celebrity. Where were you? I was at a club. Why are you at a club? It's part of the bachelor weekend. Oh, bachelor party. That's yeah. right. How old are you? 36. Did you feel too old to be at the club? Nope. I realized a lot of 40 and 50 year old dudes still go to clubs. Also creepy. <laughs> Probably. Okay. So you're at the club mm-hmm. and you see a celebrity doing what? Hanging out by themselves. Was it a country music star? No. Oh. Movie star. A movie star. Wow. So he told us it was a woman before a break. So it was, it's a female movie star. Does she live here? No. Visiting. And she's mm-hmm. by herself? Not one person around her. And now she's standing at a bar or in the middle of the dance floor or what? Dance floor is going off. She's by, uh, if you want, a pole in the towards the end of the at the very end of the bar. Like no, nowhere even near it, drinks anything. Just by herself. Any security with her? Not one person. So you see her. Are you sure it's who you think it is? Yes. You Imme- walk- immediately, I, thirty feet away in a poorly lit club, knew it was her. So before we find out who it is, you're not going to know the name. You're going to know the face. Oh, what? Oh, okay. Now I'm getting my Google ready. Yeah, get oh, ready. great. Okay. Well, yep. just tell us who it is now then. So it was Leslie Mann and she was on. I yeah, know I know, oh, yeah, I know who that is. Okay. So she was on Big Daddy, George of the Jungle. This is when I was a kid. And then now this is 40 and some others. But yeah, I'm, I mean, it was awesome because as a kid, Big Daddy was one of the biggest movies there was, but went right up to her and started talking to her. So you walk up and say, pardon me, Miss Leslie Mann, or do you say, hey, random person who I'm just making conversation with at the bar? I said, big fan of you and Big Daddy. What is going on? What are you doing <laughs> in Nashville? How are you doing? Why are you all by yourself? You said all that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it was a good conversation. We were talking for a good couple minutes, and then I asked her, let's do a selfie. Are you sure she was in Big Daddy? Because I don't think... Yeah, she was Yes, a, she, she was. was? Okay. Knocked up Big Daddy, funny people, this is 40. Okay, I know her from that stuff, but she was in Big Daddy? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you say, let's get a selfie after the conversation? Yeah. Was she nice to you talking? So pleasant to talk with. I, I mean, uh, now you realize why these people are in movies. I mean, they're photogenic. Uh, they're, they, she didn't make a bad smile. As she's talking, she's smiling. And you're like, uh, now I know why Hollywood loves y'all. She's married to Jed Apatow. Yes, the yeah. director. I like her. I, yeah, I'm a big fan of like her as an actor. She's great. Okay, go ahead. So then you say... Well, I go, uh, let's do the selfie. So I hold up the phone. Let's do the selfie? Yeah. Yeah. And so as I do that, a manager five feet away from me starts screaming, no, no selfies, no pictures. Grabs my hand, pulls my hand down. Whoa, whoa, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So we chill for a second. I go, come on, please. Can I please do a selfie? And they go, she goes, no, we can't do pictures. Why did you ask again once there was... I'm I'm persistent. I never asked once. But it was a dramatic no. And obviously for a reason. Yeah, it seemed important that they not take a picture. Because I told her, I said, I photograph everything. I'm part of a morning show. So I said it's very... Oh, of course. When I go... it's eventually it's going to be talked about. I said I might as well take a picture, and she goes, "I don't care. You talk about it. Just don't take a picture of us." Okay. But apparently, they can't discuss secrets about whatever, whatever, and people will locate her or something. I just they didn't want anybody knowing she was in Nashville. 
But there was pictures all over the internet, so other people got selfies. I would understand her security feeling like, we don't want you to post this right now. If you take it and you post it, people are going to know where I'm at right now, and they may try to come to where... Like, I understand that. It could have been that. And I also think that if they say no the first time, you don't ask again. And how, how do you know there was pictures of her all over the internet in Nashville? I saw her at other bars. There was my buddies. I mean, they're all pretty. They frequent a lot of the bars, and she was doing selfies with all kinds of people. <laughs> what? So they just didn't Not- want her to be bothered that night at that club, and I was screamed at, and my hand was pulled down because of it. Did you feel like you were in the wrong, or they were treating you wrong? I felt like I've never been screamed at before over a picture. And I even told her, I said, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about it on the radio, so I don't understand why I can't just take a picture. Why would you even say that? Like, listen, lady. <laughs> like threatening her. This will be talked about. You have two options. Uh, whose side are you on here? The re- managers? I'm on Leslie Mann's yeah, side. Yeah, Leslie Mann, 100%. Like... <laughs> If someone doesn't want you to take a picture of them, period, I don't think you take a, you, you take a picture of them, regardless. Well, you, yeah, you guys sided with the right one because they <laughs> left the club right after that. Because of you? Because of me. She never got to experience that nightclub. So. And now you feel bad. They went on a back door and we followed them and then... Wait, why would you follow <laughs> them? Oh why goodness. would you follow them? <laughs> oh, no. Because it was another side club, so we're like, hey, let's go, just, let's go talk to them again. And we were all fans. Me and my buddies, we all said, dude, she's in massive movies. Ooh, I want to meet her. I want to do pictures. Let's go. But Ray, yeah. Did you mention the Bobby Bone show? Yeah. Oh, boy. Great. Now Leslie Mann I hates th- the Bobby uh, Bone show. He, d- he went from I'm on a morning show to Dang. that he really said I'm on the Bobby Had Bone show. Had you been show. drinking a lot? Yeah, but I still just wanted that picture. Those are the type of things you show kids, you show families, cousins. I mean, I wanted to brag to people that I met Leslie Mann. No pictures! Hand gets pulled down. And you don't think you're being a bit dramatic about that? She was screaming. I've never been like yelled at like that you before in my she, life. You said she. First she did the manager. Whatever. I think I'm was throwing it the, the manager. Ca- see, I'm she? throwing it at a court. Oh, I assumed the manager was a she. No, it was a woman. Well, I thought you said Leslie Mann was the one screaming. No, Leslie Mann never yelled. Yeah, oh. that's why I'm on the oh, manager great, side. Huh? Okay. <laughs> I know I loved her for a reason. All right, thank you for your story. Yep. We do not side on your side. Okay. I would just leave people alone. Or say, hey, can I get a picture real quick? And if they say no, be like, cool, I completely understand. You can have your privacy. And anything for Ray, guys? Nah. No, just stop doing that. Just stop yeah. doing yeah. that. Don't say the Bobby Brown show. Please don't mention our show yeah. whenever you do that. It's the best bits of the week show. with Morgan number two. Super fun when we have somebody come in for the first time. And this week, Larry Fleet came on the show and he shared, you know, how he stopped playing music and how he got started again. And it has a lot to do with Jake Owen. Plus, he performed one of his songs that everybody loves and he talked about his new album. It was just all around great interview and great performance. If you've already seen it or heard it, listen to it again because it's so good. But if you definitely haven't watched it, go to BobbyBones.com and watch his performance. So, so good. Number three, the Friday morning conversation with Larry Fleet. Larry, how are you, man? Man, I'm hanging around. What about you? I ain't seen you in a couple months since you've been over at the house. I know it. I tell people all the time how good you are. Oh, well, thank you. I'm like, wait till you see this guy. I know you guys heard him soundcheck a little oh, bit. He's Sounds so, so good. good. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Only, I got goosebumps in You only played like 15 seconds yeah. for making sure everything sounded good. And you started playing and they were like, uh, okay. this guy's good. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I'm trying. I've been practicing. So. Good for you. You've been yeah. in the bedroom. Yeah. You know, learning some chords. In the bathroom. That's yeah. where you get the best reverb, you know. So. I do kind of want to walk. I know you and I have walked through it before, but just for, for new listeners, because I feel like there's so many people that are just now discovering you. You were like out of music and you yeah. were working back in Chattanooga doing what? Well, I was working in concrete, really. Um, it's kind of doing a lot of construction work, but 
I had done that for a long time, so I kind of knew a lot about, you know, I'd done asphalt paving and concrete and uh, heating and air, whatever it was, you know, a bunch of stuff. So I got with this company, and I've become the guy that got to go around to job sites and mess with concrete, rebar, asphalt, whatever it was. I kind of knew a little bit about it a lot. So uh, that was my job, which was cool because I kind of worked my way up in that and uh, didn't have to, you know, cut rebar and tile that stuff anymore i was getting to watch other people and make sure they're doing it right supervising know, so. a little exactly bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was it was good and so and we'll fast forward just a bit but you're at a wedding and, and, and you're also doing playing a little music on the side just to make some money yeah yeah and you love music and you, right but, but you had to work a real job at this point mm-hmm. so you're playing at a wedding and then who was at the wedding who noticed you a little guy named jake owen um mm-hmm. and he uh yeah i, I was Making a little money on the side, just but I mean it was it was for fun and somebody needed me to come and play some songs, so I said yeah I'll do it and and there was money involved, so that was good too. But uh, I'm sitting there and and Jake walks in and it was kind of in the middle of nowhere too, like it's a beautiful farm, but I wouldn't expect Jake to come to this thing and somebody said he was and I thought yeah they're probably drunk or something, you know? <laughs> and sure enough he come out there and uh, he sat and watched me play for a long time and. At the end of the night, we just we got to talking a little bit, and he uh, tried to talk me into quitting my job. And I was like, "Well, I can't do that. Yeah, like, what am I gonna do?" He's like, "Well, you should go for this thing." I said, "Dude, I've I've tried to do this thing for a long time, and it didn't really work. So I can't, you know, just quit my job and go play tattoos or something. I mean, that ain't gonna cut it." And he was like, "No, no, man, I think you got it." And I said, "I tell you what, just take me on the road with you, and we'll see what happens." And he did, and uh, a couple of weeks later, he, I was on the bus with him, and we went down to Florida and played some shows, and then next week, we're headed somewhere else, and he's like, you going to quit that job? And I said, yeah, I guess so. So I went in and quit it, and no lie, it was like, I don't know, a week or two later, it was like, well, I don't need you anymore. You know, I got these other shows going on. I can't really take you on it, and I was like, what am I supposed to do now? You know, like, I can't, I don't know what to do, so I kind of hung around a bit, and and just got back into writing songs with everybody, and and um, that started leading into other things. But and then I got uh, one of my heroes, Willie Nelson. He uh, I got the call to go on the road with him right after that too. So I was traveling around with Willie and uh, playing this old guitar here and just uh, singing for his crowd, and they got it, and it was cool. It was, it was fun getting to meet those guys and and Willie, and they were real good to me. So. Yeah. And so here he is. And, and there's Let's some more. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, a, it's really <laughs> awesome. an amazing story. Uh, and there's more to the story that I want to tell in a second. But you did kind of prime up the studio here with the performance. I do want you to get, this, get to this song here yeah. before we talk some more. Uh-huh. Larry Fleet is here. And this song is so good. It's called Where I Find God. You may have heard it on the radio. You may have streamed it. I don't know where you heard it. But if you do hear it, everybody kind of reacts the same way. And they're like, dang, like I felt that. Like, I feel like there's a message in this song for pretty much everybody going through something. Yeah. They, they tend to find their own message in this song. Yeah. Do you get a lot of that from people hitting you up about it? Yeah, I mean, because there was a lot of different, when we wrote it, I wrote it with Connie Harrington, and uh, she's one of my favorite writers. She wrote I Drive Your Truck for Lee Bryson, all those, all the good stuff, you know? And uh, it was her idea. She was like, I got this this title, Where I Find God, and she hit me up wanting to write it with me, so... I said, all right, and I said, well, I find God in a deer stand in a hay field, and, and <laughs> driving, you know, I live in Chattanooga, so I drive back and forth to Nashville all the time, 
writing songs and stuff. And I said, that's kind of where I do do my you know, praying or whatever. And she was like, well, yeah, I, I find, you know, God at the lake. And so we just started pretty much putting all of our places that we talk to God and find God or whatever, you know, in a song there. And I put some few chords to it and voila, we got a song. But uh, yeah, a lot of people come up to me and, and that's, it's helped them, you know, people have fought addiction or whatever. And they ask me if I have, and not necessarily, but uh, I can see where where they feel that and uh you know a lot of people just the guys i go duck hunting with we listen to that going to the duck blind you know so it's uh people have used it for weddings now and funerals so yeah, i mean, I, mean and I feel like anybody can over. find their message in this song yeah. you know it's so here it is here's larry yeah. fleet let me say his name again because you need to know it so you can respect it <laughs> so you can search it larry fleet here is where i find god Do you ever get tired of people just going, you're amazing? <laughs> All the time. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, Larry's got a record out. It's mm. called Stack of Records. It is really good. Um, I'm going to play a little bit of that track number one. Here is Stack of Records. If you want to know me, you got to know what's in my soul. Little big steel mouth and a whole lot of muscle shows. Take some time to we're going to come back with Larry in just a second. Uh, one, I mean, a really hilarious story that I, again, that I want to tell about how good of a dude you are, but also kind of an awkward conversation where Jake was like, hey, come over to the house. Can I tell that story? Yeah. 
Because that, that one's hilarious. Yeah, go for it. Okay, well, well, so well, another Jake story? Well, I'm kind of still stuck on that. Jake's like, quit your job. Crazy. And then he's like, uh, <laughs> uh. One more Jake story. But it's not really about Jake as much as it is about Larry. Okay. And the kind of guy that Larry is. All right. And so we'll come back. I only know these stories because I was hanging out with Jake and Larry at the same time. Here's a clip of the song that he just played here, Where I Find God. And then I want to play a little bit of track number nine, In Love With My Problems, with our friend John Party. Go. How's the record been? People have been loving it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we messed around, made us a country record. You did. And, uh, did. So it's uh, a lot of people, yeah, they, people get it. And, you know, it, it's a, I'm proud of it. Like, it's, it's, it's a singer-songwriter kind of thing. And, um, you know, I write with a lot of good songwriters, and they're pumped up about it because, you know, it's, it's country music. And, and the whole thing with Stacker Records is I wanted each song to kind of be a little different. Like when I was growing up, I had a stack of records that my parents had, and it was everything from Ozzy Osbourne to Willie or Merle or whoever, you know, or Otis Redding. So I got a, a little influence from all that, and I've tried to uh, put a record together of stuff that I've written that kind of goes with that. How was it playing the Grand Ole Opry for the first time? You did that in September. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was pretty wild. Uh, you know, I kind of dreamed of getting there one day, and... Uh, I tried to downplay it, you know, so I wouldn't be nervous when I get up there, but it didn't work. And, uh, I, I mean, it, and I wanted to kind of do it a little different, so I brought my upright bass player and my, my buddy who plays dobro for me, and we went and stood in a circle, just us three, and I played this guitar, and we just did it old school. And it was really cool, and people, they were nice to us, and, and uh, they seemed to like it. And it, it, was a, it was a great moment. I had my little boy and my little girl with me and my wife and stuff, so... Um, they don't get to go to a lot with me, but you know, if I'm going to Grand Ole Opry, they're coming <laughs> with me. You know, so it was cool. Uh, the story I wanted to share because I, I learned it because I was hanging out with Jake and Larry at at my house, and apparently Jake had invited you to come over because they were having like a like a bonfire, like they were hanging out at his house. Right. And he texts you and goes, "Say he says what?" First off, let's, we'll go back. I had worked uh, 14 hours that day, or something like that, 13 or 14 hours, and. Uh, I was tired, and I was sitting on the couch, and I get this text, and um, it was like, hey, man, you want to come over to this little bonfire? What, we're going to have some people over and have a big bonfire and you know, have some drinks and, and just sit around and pick a little bit. And I was like, honestly, I was like, I don't know, man. I'm tired, you know? And my wife's like, I mean, it's Jake Owen, you know? Like, you know, this is when I first got to know him. She's like, maybe you ought to go. I was like, God, I'm tired. And I was like, all right, fine. So I got up and got ready, and gonna make my drive so jake's like where is larry he's like i talked i just texted him he said he's coming he's like it's been an hour it's been two hours. jake didn't realize larry was driving from chattanooga <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness oh. i was on mon eagle mountain when he called he's like where you at bro i was like i'm on mon eagle mountain he's like why i was like i live in chattanooga he's like you're gonna drive like two and a half hours over here i was like yes i am and we it was it, but you know what it paid off that it was cool because we got over there we played a lot and it was that night I I had started, I, I never messed with so, social media very much, you know. And so I had 100 followers 
on my Instagram. And that night, Jake is like posting about me, and I was like, look at this. All these followers are coming in. I had like a thousand by the end of the night. I was like, I have made it now. So Larry says he's not big on social media, but uh, him and I were talking, and I was like, yeah, I got on like one of these apps and bought some Bitcoin, whatever. And then it like bo- it bottomed out like two weeks later, and I get a message from him going, how's that Bitcoin doing? <laughs> <laughs> and that's all it said. And I was like, I'm going to leave that on red right uh-huh. there. I got the message. <laughs> yeah. But you guys, check out uh, check out his whole record. It's, it's Stack of Records. Um, it came out in late September, but it's so good. It has Where I Find God that he performed here earlier. Um, let me play one more. Ray, play me track 10, because this is one of my favorites, Three Chords and a Lie. It's good stuff, man. Thank you. You got the whole thing. Are you now having... A little success where you can put like lotion in your beard because it looks very like full. Like, are you beard oh. taking care of your beard in a new way? I've been, I've been that. Successful. Oh, you have been that guy. Yeah, yeah. All right, oh, good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, that's how you, that's how you get it. I mean, it doesn't. Nothing helps it grow, but I guess it's manhood and it testosterone looks soft, or something. Yeah. I mean, you know. But yeah, I got, I got a guy in Chattanooga, Chattanooga Beard Company. They, uh, uh, Matt Patty is his name, which I think is a cool name, and uh, he just he hooks it up. And he makes it all right there in his shop. Like he's got little waxes and all kind of stuff. So I go by. They're about to make my own scent. So. And what is your own scent? What would that consist of? Um, it probably smell like wintergreen snuff and maybe some bourbon or something like that. Probably. Oh. Odd combo, but I'll take it if that's hey, that's <laughs> yeah. you. Have yeah. have at it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. At Larry Fleet, you guys follow Larry Fleet. Uh, great artist. I do think you'll love the record. And where I find God's doing great. Larry, good to see you, friend. Yeah, you too. Yes, hopefully I'll see you soon. There he is. Larry Fleet, everybody. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. It happened this week. Abby's final dating dilemma update. Y'all, we have been going through it for what seems like forever, but it's really only been like about a week. And it's a sketchy... It is very sketchy. It's sketchy. <laughs> Guys, words are hard. I'm, I'm going to leave this one in because this is just my life. Um, Tell us how sketchy it was. <laughs> it's a sketchy situation. I'm sketchy oh, and Etsy. I know. I, I'm killing it over here. Um, but I'm super glad that it's finally over, honestly. Like, I, I think from the beginning, I've known that what was going to happen. I think most of us on the show, some hoped that wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just, I think it's, it's best that it's over. But do you think it's over though? Like really? Because when you talk I to Abby, and you see her. I think it's over for her. I do. Like okay. in her in her gut, it's over. Okay. Maybe in her heart, oh, she's a little like tentative. Yeah. But I think in her gut, it's over. Like she knows this doesn't feel right, and he's con- he's he's probably going to continue to do some other things that she's gonna be like, this is definitely not right. Yeah, yeah. Because because uh, he's probably lying about some things, and if he wasn't lying about any of this. Boy, do we feel bad <laughs> if he's a good guy. But there are signs pointing yeah. to and, and evidence pointing to it's not that great, which at some point, especially because they don't know each other and they haven't met, just be upfront and honest and be like, yeah, you know, I was just trying to trying to communicate with you and I was really nervous and couldn't think of a better way to do it. And this is my way of trying to get in with you. And I did X, Y, Z. I'm really sorry. Really creepy, really weird how I got your number and everything. But do you still want to give me a chance? <laughs> Kind of thing. Yes. And very unlikely. Like if there's one thing I've learned and you can probably attest to this too, when you've yeah. been through really bad past relationships and past situations, 
it's really easy after you've learned and done the work on yourself to spot red flags. Oh, yeah. It's never easy in that moment, and it's never easy if you've never experienced it. But as soon as you have and it's bad enough, just like with your your last marriage, yeah. for me, it's my last relationship, like... I can spot a red flag now after going through it and after putting in years of work to get through that. Oh, yeah. I can spot a red flag from miles away now. I'm like, doesn't feel like it, but I promise you it is. Totally. It's going to be. Even if it doesn't feel like it right now, maybe it's a white. I, I have a green, red, and white flag in dating when okay. I talk to my girlfriends. Red flag, obviously bad. Green yeah. flag, great. White flag means like mm, tentative. This okay. can go either way. <laughs> okay. And if you see a lot of white flags, it's not the best situation because they are likely going to turn red. Yes. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Oh, no. I I made it up because I was like, well, we kept talking about red flags. And I was like, we got to have the good flags and the bad flags. And what's the in between? Yeah. So I just associate them as red flags, green flags. White flags. Okay. I like that. You know, I'll have to give it to my daughter when she gets older. Yes. It's a great. It's a great tool. Yeah. And I, you know, throughout the whole thing with Abby, there were so many white flags, right? Yeah. And I'm, yeah. you're watching it transpire and you're like, you're, it's only going to turn into red flags at this yes. point. Yeah. It's really hard for white flags to turn green. Right. Was there some sort of misunderstanding or something, miscommunication mm-hmm. or Which is whatever. likely not the case, right? Yes. If somebody usually, yeah. is a bad miscommunicator in the first place, it's already a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you continue that on and they're lying and it's all twisted and, and people can't stay up in their lives forever. You yeah. know, and it comes unwinded at some point. Totally. So I, I think I felt all I, like from the beginning, I never felt green flags. Yeah. It's never a good sign. It was a sketch the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Referring to Abby, I would say very sketch. And, and it, like you said, you, you, we all have had experiences and we're trying to give her the advice. But for a moment there, she had blinders on. She was like, no, he's the greatest. Uh, he's just da da da. And she, of course, because you're hopeful. Mm-hmm. You're hopeful. And you you should want to be. You yeah. want to be when it comes to love, right? Yes. You know, this would be such a great story to tell at our wedding that this is how mm-hmm. we met. Oh my God. Da, 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 da. But then it gets to the point, like you said, there's just the white flags start turning red flags. Mm-hmm. And it was just getting just too much. Well, and like, you know, be my last relationship being abusive, right? But like in that, when I was in that, I couldn't see out of it. Yeah. I see in it and I see what's happening in it, but I couldn't see out of it. And whenever you get into a relationship of any kind, all you can see is what's happening in it. If it's unhealthy. Yeah. As soon as it's a healthy relationship, you can see everything because totally. you somebody's not putting blinders on you. One yeah. way or the other, right? You're not putting them on yourself and the other your partner isn't putting them on you. It's just all, it's all out there. Yeah. But in an unhealthy relationship, you can't see out of it. Yeah. And plus you become like a fixer. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, because you spent so much time and energy into it. You're like, well, I could fix it. I could fix it. And you can never fix it. There's some things you can, but when a person's, especially when you get your twenties and thirties and older, a person is who a person is. There's nothing you yeah. can do about it. And then even when you get into a good relationship, like the one I'm in with with my wife, who I consider my soulmate, and I always feel weird when they, when they say like your current marriage, because then it assumes there's going to be a third marriage. <laughs> but I, but like my soulmate, my wife, she is like for the longest time, the first couple of years were so difficult because it's almost like a like a like a beaten puppy where like you're so used to something mm-hmm. happening. And then when it doesn't happen, you're like always waiting for that bad thing to happen. And she was like, well, why are you? 
like, why are you like that? And I'm like, oh, because this happened in my previous relationship. So I just always assume that that's, it's eventually going to lead to that. Or this is how you think or what you're going to say or do. And she's like, no, she's like, your ex-wife was a piece of crap. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to do that to you. This is not who I am. You need to kind of let, like, let go of your past, which is so tough to do because your past also makes, puts those guards up. So you don't deal with it again in the future. But when you find somebody to your point who doesn't do these things, it's like, it's, it's a breath of fresh air to let go and and enjoy life and enjoy life with somebody else. Did you ever, after that, that marriage, um, go into therapy or anything? No, I never did. No. Have you ever been in therapy? Um, I tried to do therapy with her. We did it one time. Not with her, just on your own. On my own. No, I never did therapy. We did it when we were kids because of the whole divorce thing. Mm -hmm. My mom tried to put us in there and therapy in my family and our, our, our life was always a stigma of like, Oh, if you go in therapy, something's wrong with you. Like they're like, it was never like a positive thing. It was always a, oh, you're, you're broken. You're going to therapy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I always had a negative connotation towards it. So I've never done it. Um, could it be a good thing? Sure. But I've always kind of just, uh, you know, handled it myself, which yeah. could be good and bad. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and I, yeah. I asked that too, because like so much of me in my current relationship, like I went into therapy after my last relationship, a lot of PTSD, a lot of things that I was trying to work through. Right. Yeah. And I couldn't find a way out. It was scary because I was mad at myself. Right. Yeah. You're mad at yourself after something like that happens because you take some of the blame. Yeah. Even if you're not supposed to, you still do. Of course. And so I have worked on all that, you know, like I, I got to the other side of that, if that's how you want to put it. And now in my current relationship, though, even though I am as healthy as I can be, I still poke at him, right? I'm still trying to create drama because I don't yeah. know any different. And so like the other day I was sitting in there with my therapist. I'm like, why am I poking a bear that isn't a bear? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So like I, yeah. did, I was curious if like you ever did that, if you had it worked through it. And it's different for everybody. Everybody's, you know, journey to that is different. And some people can figure it out on themselves because they've had to, right? Yeah. It just like with you having therapy as a negative connotation, like it's very hard to trust it again. Right. Yeah. And it's always hard to trust somebody you don't know with your thoughts and, and just like, and like, why would I tell you you're a stranger? Why, why am I going to tell you um, what's going on with me? I don't know you. I don't trust. And for me, it's a trust factor. Like, I don't trust you. I, I barely even trusted my, <laughs> my parent and my previous relationships and yeah. stuff. Like, why am I going to trust you with this information? So for me, it was always hard to, to divulge myself to somebody that I didn't know and I didn't trust. Uh, so I just never did it. It was always self-soothing or but whatever. But for you, it worked out for you, right? Because most yeah. people go through that and then they can't get out, right? Like they're in this mindset and, yeah. and they don't find something again. But you did. You found your wife, your soulmate now. Yes. And I feel know? like it was karma. Like I, I got good, the karma on my side of, I could have easily cheated on my ex-wife. Like she was cheating on me because there was a point where I knew she was doing it. And I worked in the radio industry in San Francisco. It's a big market. There's a lot of people. And there's a lot of beautiful women in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I could have easily done many different events where I go and and you're like essentially a celebrity in that wherever you're at whether it be a concert or a station event or whatever I could have easily cheated on her many different times but I didn't and there were scenarios where I I was put in where I could have cheated on her but I was like no I'm I'm married even though it's a broken marriage you know this isn't right because I've I vowed to be with this person only even though that other person is got their legs up and hanging out with other, other dudes constantly. Well, that was an interesting way of putting that. Man. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, no, it's not right. Even though what she's doing isn't right. But I was always two wrongs don't make it right kind of thing. And I feel like because I didn't stray and I tried to make it work and was, you know, I guess monogamous towards her. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was paid off in karma, good karma points. Cause then I met 
you know, my soulmate and it was like, okay, I was, I was given what I was, what I deserve. Yeah. Well, I, I do stray. feel like the universe feels that right. Like yeah. you're putting out good energy. Like you, at Go some point it. you have to get some back. Yes. Cause I was like, what I'm doing all these things and I feel like I'm a good person and I'm just getting crap. Like mm-hmm. and I was so pissed off at the world and then it all, it all just came together and I, it paid off handsomely. Gosh. It's so crazy too. Just to, to think how. You come to a moment that you never saw coming, right? Yeah. Like from that to this and this really awesome time in your life when it once upon a time did not feel that way. Oh, yeah. You know, which you is totally also the the premise of like, you know, it, it's okay to not be okay. Like that season of your life where you're just like, man, this all sucks. Oh, yeah. But in the moment right? you're like, oh, my God, this all sucks. My life's over. Mm-hmm. But it's not. You know, it's a blip in time that that whatever months, year, whatever is nothing compared to your entire lifetime. It's so true. And just another conversation where we could dive so deep into things and maybe save that for another time. Yeah, exactly. I think I think we have some more here that we need to dive into <laughs> personally for the both of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys, right now you can listen to the final kind of dating dilemma with Abby and her random texter because, I mean, it kind of ties a bow on, on the rest of this in a way that isn't really a bow. It's like a bow that maybe is a little scarred up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Number two. I do want to go through some Abby stuff real quick. Abby, are you ready? Are you standing by? I'm ready. Ready as I'm going to be. Quick recap. A couple weeks ago, Abby said, hey, this guy accidentally texted me a picture. He said, oops, I didn't know that was your number. I meant to text my fire chief. And he's like a good looking guy and a fireman. Cost (laughs) suit, suit. whatever. What is it? (laughs) A uniform? Uh, Yeah, there you go. Uniform. (laughs) Uniform. (laughs) And so then Abby's like, wow, you're cute. Let's start talking. And we're like, watch out, Abby. It could be a scam. And then he goes, it's not a scam. I meant to send this to my fire chief. And then he lists his fire. He shows Abby his fire chief's number. Well, we call his fire chief. That wasn't a fire chief. So we look him up on Instagram. We can all see his Instagram page. Some For some reason, Abby can't. He's blocked her. And we're like, Abby, this is not good. Run. Walk. Run. Whatever it takes. Get away. But she's still texting him. I'm like, how was your day, boo-boo? Oh, my gosh. I never said boo-boo. <laughs> yeah. I like do you have for dinner. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know that he's a bad, bad dude. No. But I know that it doesn't seem like he's on the up and up. Morgan's theory was he found her number, acted like he didn't know who she was, knew her from the show, and then tried to have a relationship, establish some communication. And if that's the case, he had, did have a chance to admit it. And he didn't, right? Yeah, that's what we were waiting for. And Abby, he yeah, didn't. he never did. No, he's and, never admitted. And leading up to when she got that text, like that week or the week before, we had been doing a segment on Abby being single uh-huh. and trying to find her somebody and Lunchbox, you know, catfishing her in a way. And so I don't know if maybe that planted the seed in this guy's head is like, oh, maybe I can sneak my way into her text messages. And you FaceTimed him. He's a real person. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, he's real. Like, that's the whole thing. And I mean, yeah, to Amy's point, like, I was thinking this whole time, oh, could this be Lunchbox? Is he up to this? That's why I even brought it to the show. And then it turns into, I don't think it's Lunchbox. Mike D has told me, Mike D monitors our email account. He said that we've got more emails about this than anything in years. People just having opinions. Mm. Or people going, here's a question, Abby. Has Abby FaceTimed the firefighter from home or was he only at the station? The first time he was in his car. In okay. a parking lot. So, yeah, I've never had from home because I only have twice. So he wasn't home. 
The question is, will he FaceTime at home? Thanks, Whitney. Yeah, I haven't. We didn't even talk about that. It, you know, is that an eyebrow raiser to you? Like, hmm. I guess he was running errands, so I, you know, I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. But here's, looking back, here's another one. This says not a scam, but he's hiding something. A similar thing happened to me with a firefighter. I live outside of Wichita, Kansas. About six months ago, this very thing happened to me on Instagram. I mean, exact. I lived in Wichita. Firefighter actually thought I was someone he went to school with. Never wanted to meet me in person. The only time he would talk was when he was at work at his firehouse. Was always <laughs> willing to give out numbers to those he works with, but the numbers were always wrong. Come to find out he was on Tinder, Hinge, POF. I don't know what that is. Plenty of fish. Okay, oh, Amy. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Knew that a little that was too quick. quick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just put it together. Uh, she said, way too similar. Just wonder if it's the same guy. <laughs> I would say block and abort mission for sure. Mm. Okay. Oh, that's wild. Here's another one. It says FaceTime can still be a scam. So relating to Abby Saga, there are a ton of men out there scamming and saying they're from cities in the U.S., but clearly they are not. And yes, they FaceTime you as part of the scam. And change... Uh, they wrote a typo here. And change you should number afterwards or get another phone. Oh, that's change your number. Okay. If he's for real, he would not have blocked his Instagram. But it's fun to bust those dummies. <laughs> I do love all the updates. Signed, Wendy. And then finally, are we sure he's still single? The fireman, are we sure the guy is single? Blocking someone on social media doesn't allow Abby to comment on a post Ooh. that mm, someone would see. Possibly raising questions as to why this woman, Abby, is commenting Abby should casually... I don't want to mention this because you could say something and then uh, you're not going to... No. Are you still talking to him? So can I read this final sentence, what they say to you? Yeah, you can read it. Abby should casually mention that her work is sending her to where he lives next month to see his reaction. Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's scary. Would you bet he's listening to this right now? I don't think right now, but I think he's going to right after. Yeah. He's at work. What would you like to say to him? Oh, man. Well, just like looking back, what's crazy to me is... How supposedly you say it was an accident, but how come you were so like open to sharing sharing your whole life with me? You know, like for it, me being a complete stranger to you, you sure told me a lot about yourself and your family and everything. So it's like, and you knew I was on the radio too. How? How did he know? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that was after the FaceTime, and he knew I'm in radio. Mm-hmm. And he and after even after listening back and know after the whole deal where he listened back to all the shows. He still continued to tell me personal things about his family, you know? And I'm like, I didn't really tell him that much about mine. Does it I'm make like, you sad? Does it make me sad? Does mm-hmm. this make you sad? I mean, it's too exhausting at this point. Like, I'm like, okay, it, there's just too many red flags. And I also realized that he was like distracting me with things like the tour, you know, like of the firehouse and kind of avoiding some things because obviously that got my attention was the fire station. But then I'm over here ignoring the major red flags, so... Here's what I'll say, and then I'll move on, and we'll only accept updates if any are needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we have a lot of friends in, in, in places, low and high, actually. There was a background check done. Oh, oh gosh. Do you know about it? I knew there was one kind of being done, but I don't know many of the findings. Yeah, I'm I would just scared. I would just chill. That's what I'll tell you. Just chill? Just chill and don't talk. Just oh, okay. stay away. Okay. Like sketchy? There's some sketchy stuff going no, on? No, I'm not going to say that. Okay. I'm not going to say sketchy stuff at all, but I would just say if I were you and I were single and I were a young, what are you, 31, mm-hmm. 32, I, 
I probably would just go, hey, you know what? This isn't for me. The situation, how it's all come together and how I feel about it, it's probably not for me. Right. Okay. What I've learned is he is a real person, but I don't think I'm ever going to have the answer He is for a real, real. You're right. He's, He's a real person. He's very real. He's very real. Okay. But I don't think I'm going to have the answers of how he found me. Correct. And, that's, and you know what? That's okay. I told mm-hmm. you guys I have to get a new phone because people call me now and just go, F you, and my phone because somehow they got my number. That's crazy. Why don't they send me fireman pictures? I'd rather have that. <laughs> then people just screaming, F you, I hope you die. Mm-hmm. Or they all get all kinds of stuff. It says no caller ID, and I'm going, okay, who is this? Because sometimes work calls will come from no caller ID from different places. And I'm like, hello? You know, here. Like someone's driving in the car, you know that wind? Is this Bobby? And I'm like, Oh, boy, this is going to go one or two ways. I'm about to get a job offer in my dreams, or I'm about to be told F you. <laughs> That's quite the difference. <laughs> and I go, and so I go like this. I go, huh? And they'll go, hey, you suck. Your show sucks. I hope you die. F you. Click. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, oh, man. And those happen a lot more than job offers. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> so after like 20 years, I have to change my phone number. And then I get to decide what people I get to I get to give the new number. Oh, that's always fun. That's always a tricky situation. <laughs> so Abby, I would just say we did a background check. There's nothing that would say you're in danger or anything like that mm-hmm. at all. Zero. Probably a fine Good. guy. But I would just say, as you being who you are, I would just chill. I mean, emotional yeah. danger, maybe. It, the whole thing's emotionally damaging yeah, now. Anyway, that's, I know. At this point, I just feel bad for. Abby and yeah I think just distance yourself from the whole thing and let's act like it never happened unless yeah. he texts you then update us but other than okay. that stay away <laughs> and that's the thing all the messages I've gotten from listeners too that can relate um, I mean like I think people like myself that have pure intentions we don't think that someone's gonna do that you know mm-hmm. we're like why would they do that to someone like me so, same I'm like why would somebody know. call me on the phone yell F you yeah, like, I exactly. just want pure intentions like how's your day going <laughs> would you yes. like a job you know uh, just hang in there Abby okay Okay, well, thank you all for your help. I, you know, I appreciate it. Hey, case closed. Done. We need the little thing. Like the, yeah. all, right, all right, Abby, back to the phones. <laughs> I'm sure we're getting calls right I'm now. I'm sure we're getting a ton of calls. You need to answer. Uh, you don't have to call about that, but if you do want to call, Abby will be there to answer. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Such an emotional, cool moment on the show this week that we have all been waiting for. Eddie shared that he finally got to adopt his two foster kids. He and his wife have been waiting and waiting because of the pandemic, so many delays, and finally they were able to be adopted. So you can hear Eddie's emotional reveal right now. Number one. Uh, Breaking news. Personal news. Somebody on the show has a big news announcement, and that person is not me or Amy. It is Eddie. Oh, my goodness. All this right. is big. You said it was life-changing. It is because, gosh, almost three years ago, my wife and I opened our house to to become a foster home, and we got two boys. Um, gosh, and I never, ever, ever thought that we would get to this point. Well, I remember, too, you didn't take them both in as foster kids at the same time. You didn't even want to be a foster parent at first. That's correct. And then you call one one night, and you're like, hey, uh, we're going to go pick up a baby. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep it for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, my wife was, I mean, she's been wanting to do this for as long as I can remember, but I've been the roadblock. I was the roadblock of just like, nah, we're fine. Like, we have our own kids. Our life's good. We're, we're okay. We're finally in a good place where we can really just be ourselves and just us four. And then this happened. And so then they call you how long after the baby? They call us, um, we got the baby 
for about three or four days, and then they called us again and said, "Hey, they have uh, this baby has a, another brother, a sibling that needs a home quick." And so they said it might not be forever; it just may be for a couple days if you can take in his sibling. So we said, "Okay, we can take him in for a few days. We'll see where that goes." And now it's been three years. It's uh, it's yeah. I mean, we're pretty shy, just a few months shy of three years, and. Uh, and I remember, I would say about a year ago, Bones, or about a year and a half ago is when we, I kind of just decided, like, there's no way I can picture my life without these two boys. You know, it went from, like, we're just going to be a foster home, we'll obey God, and we'll just see where that takes us, and we'll go from there, right? But, but I'd say about a year and a half ago, I said I cannot see our family without these two boys being a part of our family. And uh, I'm just proud to announce, Bones, that a judge has approved our adoption, and we're... They're ours forever. They're ours forever, man. Like, these two boys are a part of our family now. And we are a family of six just like that. And so they are now your kids. Yes. They are our boys. We went to the... This, I guess not a swearing in. What, is that? What, was that? what did I go to? A hearing? I mean, it was... Yeah, it was our adoption hearing. Where you go in and, you know, we all took a picture yeah. and... You know, it was a whole thing. It was pretty awesome. I had my boys dressed in uh, cowboys gear. Oh, yeah. We get to the courthouse, <laughs> <laughs> and it's Eddie and his wife, and Lunchbox was there, and I was there, and then all the kids were there, and they're all wearing Dallas Cowboy jerseys, and I was like, you guys heading to a game after this? No, no. So what our idea was to have Dallas Cowboys jersey for all four of them, and they were labeled one for my oldest, two for the next, three for the next, and, and four for the baby. Got it. In that order. Your wife said you guys had ordered some prior to getting those, but you ordered them from China. Yes. And they said Dallas Cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> those eventually came in and were actually pretty cool. But yeah, we were worried that we were going to say Dallas Cowboy. <laughs> and so now what changes? So now, I mean, we're, I'm telling you, we're so relieved because when you're a foster home, you have a lot of people coming into your house. You have caseworkers coming in sometimes uh, weekly, sometimes, you know, twice a month, three times a month or whatever. And they're just kind of checking to see that your house is okay for them. And now that's done. Like we're, we're just going to live a normal life with these two boys, a part of our family. They are my sons. They are my son's brothers. Like that's just what it is now. We're just a family of six and we can move on with our lives. And we're just, I mean, I'm just so, so excited. The oldest. Yes. Because the baby only knows you guys. We picked him up at the hospital, yeah. so he knows no one else. The oldest, wh- what is his take on it? I want to say that he doesn't open up very much. I think he goes to therapy, but he doesn't really open up to them, really. I think eventually at some point in his life he will, but uh, I can see changes you know, as, as just the days go by. I know that during the court date, the day that we adopted them, there was a little bit of fear when we got to the courthouse. I can see fear in his eyes, like, oh, great. Like, this reminds me of the last time I was in court, which was the reason I'm here. You know, like, the last time I saw my mom. This is, that's, that's, I could just see that in his eyes. But when the adoption was finalized, and we told him that you are Garcia, like, you are part of our family, it was just relief, huge relief. And the rest of the day was very exciting. He said he wanted to start learning Spanish. He wanted to have tacos for dinner because he's a Garcia oh, now. Wow. Now he's fully I mean, embraced he, the culture. He was he's, all in. <laughs> <laughs> just was, like that. Just like that, he was all in. And I mean, I don't know if he truly grasped the idea of what was happening with the judge and the courtroom and all that, but we made we made him understand completely that there's no going back now. You're part of us. This is 
we're his family. Well, congratulations, man. Thank you, man. It's amazing. Thank you, know, you so much. We've had private conversations about it, but the fact that, you know, publicly you can say it. Yes. And we've been through the whole process on the air over the last three years. You have two extra kids, two kids. What do you call them now? Just your sons? They're our boys. Just your... Those are my boys. Yes. So now you have... I have four, four boys. boys. <laughs> and your wife. Four boys. Yeah, she is outnumbered for Holy sure. Holy moly, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, I can congratulate Last night somebody farted and she was like, well, this is just a part of my life. Like, there's four of four and farts. All, and we all laughed, me included. Uh-huh. Yeah. After the hearing was talking to the judge, and I'm asking questions like, so you ever put anybody in the big house? <laughs> like, because the judge was just available hanging out. Dude, he let us have the courtroom for like 30 minutes. He said, this is all yours. Do whatever you want here. So we all, it, it was crazy, because once all the kids left, we all got naked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. it's wild. We'd, Interesting. We, we did, did a play and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all seriousness, congratulations, man. Thank you, man. Yes, Thank Eddie. you so much. So, so happy for your family. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. Another weekend gone and another weekend we dove into some serious personal things. Our fears, I mean, our dating lives, I mean, so many things we talked about, right, Steve? Yes, a lot of things. Yeah, favorite concerts, worst concerts. Yes, which is typically what happens with us. We tend to go on a lot of different trails when it comes to this podcast. We're just kind of sitting here and we're like, oh, we should talk about that. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, But that's what the people want, though. They want to hear... They want to hear us go off in tangents. Yes. It's not yeah. fun when we just stick to the script, right? Which, yeah. by the way, I don't even have a script. Yeah. I literally have <laughs> intros to things and then the rest yeah. is, I'm free balling, which is why I mess up a lot of words. That's okay, <sighs> though. Words are hard. Yeah, words are very hard. <laughs> but thanks for hanging out with me. Tell everybody where they can find you, social media. So uh, on Instagram and Twitter, at Scuba Steve Radio. I don't do TikTok. I don't, don't do, do Facebook. I don't do Facebook. I don't do MySpace. Snapchat. I don't do Snapchat. <laughs> I don't do friends, so I don't do plenty of fish. I don't do any of that stuff. Steve is on the Loki <laughs> Two social media app. Yes. Hey, what's that one that I've seen lately? And people will put it on their Instagram account, and they link to it, and then you click on it. It's just basically Instagram, but it's like in a straight feed. It's like vsc.com or something. Are you talking about it's their Instagram feed on a link? Maybe, but it, but it but it seems like it's a different app. And I usually see it more with younger, like the younger audience, like teenagers. Well, so like, oh, Steve. (laughs) Or do you have one? Well, no. So like if you go to our show account and you click on the link in bio, it takes you to our feed, a mimic of our feed through another app. But it's taking you, if you click on that icon, it's taking you to our website. So Bobby Bones show. Mm -hmm. Well, no, 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 not that. No. So there's one where people will have, I'm trying to find, I don't follow any kids. So I'm trying to find, but my (laughs) nephew will post stuff every once in a while. And then like, I'll click on it and then it'll go to the person's profile and it's like vsc.com or something. And I was like, and I keep forgetting to ask because I'm like, oh, Morgan would know because this is what you do. Like, you know all about this kind of stuff or vsco.co. Is it? Yeah, I think it's vsco.co. What is that? I don't have it. I've seen other people have it. Like, if I'm being honest with you, I'm not entirely sure. It definitely is a young, young thing. Like, Like super young. I'm talking like high school kids. Only in high school I've seen it on. But I've definitely heard people talk about it, use it and stuff. It is another app. And people yeah. are using all, all of their social media to connect with other apps. Everybody has their Instagram on their TikTok and their Instagram on their Facebook or their Facebook on their Twitter. Like, Yeah. So yeah. Why, don't we, why don't we just have one? Why can't we just be like North Korea and just have one? Steve, <laughs> we are not North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> on I want that a communist note. social media. <laughs> on that note, oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys can find me on all the things at WebGirlMorgan, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, all that. And of course, the show at Bobby Bones Show. Go watch the YouTube videos. Go to BobbyBones.com and watch all the videos from the show this week and past weeks if you want to 
go on a little deep dive of our videos. It's a good time. They're all up there. So thanks, y'all, again for hanging out with us. It was a super fun weekend. Thanks, Steve. Thank so you. So much fun. Of course. I don't think I said my handle, but it's Scuba Steve Radio if I didn't. You did. Oh, I you, didn't? Okay, I blacked out one my, more time. my rage. Scuba Steve Radio. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Have a great weekend. Bye. The Bobby Bones Show.